and welcome back to another episode of Ranked. We are doing a different format than what we did for the 2020 Ranked podcast. We're going to be putting a bunch of movies, 32 to be exact, into a bracket style matchup. So instead of the March Madness, this is going to be the Movie Madness, where we got 32 movies in four separate seeds, and we're going to determine which is the best movie, or you could say who is the best actor, because we're going to be pitting four well-known actors against each other, each of them having eight movies in their own region, and to help break down all 32 movies and all four stars, we got our two co-hosts here, the co-host of Pop Topic, Tristan Phillips, and, and the co-host of the Oscar Rewind, Andrea Tennis. How are you guys doing? Doing good, doing good. Man, maybe next year we can plan this better and actually have this come out in March. That'd be a crazy <laughs> yeah. Well, we, yeah. We couldn't come up with this idea until March, and then we had to, you know, watch the movies and stuff. So here we are, like, three months later. Yeah, but it's movie madness, not March madness. Uh, and movie time uh, is the summer. So it, it's, it's always kind of movie time, baby. That's true. It's always movie time. Uh, yeah, I guess the bracket would work best for March, but it uh, works well for us because we always do the ranking podcast at the end of December going into January. Other end of the year, so we can kind of split it evenly six months each. Uh, I feel like we don't have time to do two months, January, February, to watch all these movies. I mean, there's nothing else going on in January, February. That's like the most useless months of the year. Oh my God, it's my birthday. I'm too busy celebrating. Yeah, it's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh my to be fair i guess my perfect celebration would be to like watch four will ferrell movies yeah i mean that's everyone's perfect celebration yeah 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 that sounds that sounds pretty fun uh but how are you doing andrea i'm doing good excited for this podcast i really am pumped uh yeah other than that not much is new i just got off work and had a busy day did like 15 ear piercings today at work yeah is that all in one ear? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. Different people. Yeah, tr- yeah Tristan, you should see my ear right now. There's 15 piercings. Yes. Oh it's my. There's so, so much awful. metal in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully you're not piercing the ears of our listeners today, Andrea. Whoa. Wow. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's a subtle nod to agree with everything I say, Andrea. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do feel like I will get outvoted here a lot if we're doing this down the boat. So I feel like it's going to be two to one for a lot of these. Uh, I don't know. I feel like me and Andrew have different I'm ready for my opinion to be squandered every time. <laughs> no. That's why we needed Welling here to help yeah. weigh, yeah. even it out. Would have been well, someone else knows what he's talking about, unlike YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, I was excited to have four people on this because I feel like four people uh, to do a vote would be very chaotic. I like that. Image. Yeah, it's four, four people vote and it always works out. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it gets really chaotic. So uh, yeah. ne- next year we'll have to find a fourth co-host to uh, really amp up the stakes here. But uh, we yeah, just got the three sure. of us here for today. Uh, so what we each did was four of us, which is the three of us, and Welling couldn't make it. But we each picked a different actor. And then they each picked eight movies from that actor, and then they picked the seating for that region. So, Andrea, who did you pick? I picked Will Ferrell. And what made you pick Will Ferrell? I know it. I just think he's a fun actor. I really enjoy his movies, and you know, it, he was a guy that we weren't going to have to watch a lot of serious films because he's not really in any serious films. 
I think I only picked one serious film, and the rest were comedies for me. Yeah, and that's, of course, Megamind, the complex yeah. and the uh, elaborate plot lines in that one. I think lots of thought and consideration to comprehend the nuances of the movie. No, I agree. Uh, yeah, definitely. I also think it has something to do with uh, Andrea loves 90-minute movies, <laughs> and every single one of these was an easy 90-minute watch. That's true. I do love 90-minute movies. I typically don't I, fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, I too hate long movies. So I, I enjoyed most of these Will Ferrell films. Yes. Yeah. So, someone who didn't have very many 90-minute movies. They're all two and a half yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah. So, so someone who had long movies was me. Uh, I picked Brad Pitt. And yeah, all these were like over two hours. I think two I think of Burn them. After Reading was 90, and that was it. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Burn After Reading and... Is Moneyball under two hours? It's like yeah, it's, two it's hour about. I think it's, I think it's about two hours. Yeah. Uh, so most of them are painfully long. Oh uh, well, you know they're, they're still good. So I guess not painfully, but yeah, definitely long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one of the movies I had was Snatch. Uh, but then Andrew really wanted to watch one Brad Pitt movie, and I was like, well, if I have to sit down for two and a half hours, we all do. So I quickly switched out <laughs> one of the short ones. Um, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the complete opposite of Will Ferrell. We got a lot of length here. But uh, I feel like he has a lot of range. And I was trying to pick an actor that has a lot of different types of films uh, to kind of sports, animated, comedy, action, thriller. Like, I, I was trying to pick someone that has different range so we can kind of compare the actor doing different roles. I thought that'd be fun. Yeah, I'm really glad you picked someone who had lots of range. And I went to pick seven drama movies and one kind of comedy, and that's it. <laughs> You're right. You picked someone with lots of range, and then just didn't pick any of the range. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, well, what other movies did he make that uh, weren't so dramatic? Like, well, you could have used Megamind, but I guess you took it first. He had to be in other animated movies. You don't have any animated movies. To, to be fair, I well, I did pick Megamind, but then Andrea also picked it, and I was like, well... I think we could have had Megamind on both of them. I, think I guess. I guess we could have. But I was thinking Megamind... Is literally Will Ferrell's character. Like Will Ferrell is Megamind. Mine's more of a side character, so uh, she, yeah, it's more her. Yeah, thing. Heck yeah. yeah! So like, if they were both leads, then uh, I might would have kept both. I would I would have kept it on mine as well. But yeah, it's kind of hard to argue that Megamind is a Brad Pitt movie. Yeah, it's most definitely a Will Ferrell movie. Yeah, uh, but anyways, Tristan, who did you pick? I picked a uh, Sam Rockwell. Mostly just because he's an actor I really like, but I never felt like I dived deep into his filmography, and I thought this was a good excuse to do that. And so that's I, I picked him, and I picked uh, most of these movies I've never seen before. A couple of them I have. And so uh, it was a good excuse to go back and watch. A lot of these movies have been my watch list for, for a while now, so it was a good chance to go back and watch watch a lot of these movies. Um, he, too, has quite a bit of range, surprisingly, looking at this list. There's, you know, commas, com- comedies sci-fi, action, drama, westerns, all that kind of stuff, biopics. Um, no animated, but there is voice acting, so I think that's close enough. <laughs> yeah, um, half so, animated. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he voice acted it, so I think that's close enough. I don't think there's any, any actual straight animated movies. At least I don't remember seeing that on this filmography list. Yeah, I don't think so. So this is the closest I could get. So I think he's a pretty wide range, and like I said, I, I just really like Sam, Sam Rockwell, so not much more to it than that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Actually, no, there's, there's, there's one other thing that I'll talk about later that I'll get into the reason why I picked him. Okay. Uh, I'll bring this after we finish talking about his movies. All right, perfect. Uh, and then we have the fourth pick here that Welling isn't here with us, but he picked Adam Driver. So we got t- two more veteran actors in Farrell mm-hmm. and Pitt. And then we have 
two actors that have been acting for a decade or so, but have really become popular in the last few years uh, yeah. with uh, Rockwell and obviously Adam Driver. You can really feel that in Adam Driver's movies, too. Oh, my gosh. Four of them are big smashers that everyone knows and heard of, and four of them no one's ever heard of. Like, you know what I mean? You can really feel it in, in his filmography. Yeah, more, guys, than, yeah. more than Sam Rockwell's, I'd say. Yeah, I agree. You guys can definitely notice it here uh, when we actually get to them. Oh, Adam Driver has a bunch of super, super indie movies, and then yeah. he has a lot of mainstream films. I think if we waited one more year, we could have had a lot more stronger Adam Driver picks because there's three Driver films coming out this year, and two yeah. of them I'm very excited for. So uh, Driver's hot right now. Uh, we are just going to discuss the movies right before he gets really hot. Maybe that's a good thing, though. Well, we liked him before it was cool. That's true. And, and to be fair, I've always... Well, not always. Like I've, ever since I saw Maristar, I've been very pro-Adam Driver in 2019. Oh, I, I'm a, everyone's got to like Adam Driver. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Who watches that movie and goes, eh, he was fine. Nah, I don't like him. Didn't yeah. like the guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 few and far between. But yeah, so those are our regions. We got the Feral region, the Pit region, the Rockwell region, and the Driver region. So uh, anything you guys want to say before we get started here? Uh, who do we want to start with? Which one are we doing first? I figure we just do it in the order of the way I wrote on the bracket. So we'll do Feral first. Work our way down, uh, but it does matter to me if you guys have a preference. We can do driver first if you think it's going to be more obvious. Yeah, I mean, I was the driver's going to be the easiest one. I guess I'm going to get that one, or we can save that one for yeah. last. That's fair. Yeah, we, yeah, we can work our way backwards. It really doesn't matter. So yeah, let's uh, let's start off with Adam Driver. I do think right, the first round first. is going to be a bit more obvious here. Um, and for the Welling, for for the driver picks, we just looked at the rankings on Letterboxd and just organized it there. So the seeding is actually the seeding of how people have ranked these movies. So the first round here should be, I think, easy. We got the number one seed Marriage Story against the number eight seed Tracks. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised Tracks was the last of all these movies. Um, do you want to give a brief synopsis of the movies, or do we just assume everyone knows what these movies are? So oh, we, we could definitely give a brief one, especially... You know, for tracks. Drive, so drivers got yeah, yeah. Drivers Unless a few you're indie Australian, films. then you probably have heard of tracks. Yeah, uh, yeah. Driver has a few indie films, so you might have yeah. not have heard of tracks. Uh, but Marriage Story, quick little rundown for those that don't know. It was nominated for Best Picture two years ago for the 2020 Oscars. It's a Netflix original, great film between Driver and Scar Joe about the two of them getting into a divorce. Directed by Bombback, who is a pretty well regarded director as of late, at least. So, yeah, I think everyone knows that film. Tracks, a little more or less known, is about this woman who is just going on a kind of track on, like, this journey, doing this trip, and they have Adam Driver's character, who's kind of like the journalist. He's like the cameraman that's taking photos of the journey. That's the only yeah. way she could have afforded to go on it. Yeah, and more specifically for that, she's trying to walk from one end of Australia to the other end of Australia, from, from, from the East Coast to the West Coast. Uh, so that's the specific journey she's going on. Try yeah. to walk all the way across the outback, and she has three camels with her to help her along this journey to help her carry food and supplies and stuff. And she's walking the whole distance. And as Quinn mentioned, Adam Driver comes in and out as a cameraman who just takes photos of her for a National Geographic article that she has to write when she gets home. Exactly. 
So uh, he's kind of like a, a pretty minor side character there, just taking photos of this girl's I mean, journey. He will most definitely be the, the second most important character, seeing as there's only the two characters. Right, you yeah. The camels yeah, as no. a character. Yeah, well, the camels um, were in it more, but yeah, he's definitely the second lead. Yeah, because it's, it's very much a one-woman performance, one-woman show for most of it. Um, yeah, it's kind of like saying... Oh well, his wife in Cast. Oh well, uh, Tom Hanks' wife in Castaway. She was the second most important character. Well, I guess technically, yeah. but like it's Tom Hanks' journey. It's just one person. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, it was a perfectly fine movie, but I think Marriage Story is you know the clear superior film here. Marriage Story is just a a masterful piece all around, particularly in the acting department by both the leads and the side characters. Laura Dern obviously won the best Oscar for best supporting actress that year for her performance in the movie, both Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver were nominated for Best Actors. Uh, neither one won it, but they were both very well-deserved nominees. I think it's obviously the superior film, The Tracks. Tracks is kind of boring for most of it. It was fine. Yeah, no, I would argue it was boring for most of it. It was, it was a pretty yeah. slow movie. I didn't really love it, uh, but I didn't hate it. It was, like, so boring yeah, that you couldn't I, really... I didn't hate it. I, I, yeah. thought, I thought it was well shot, for sure. I think that was probably the most... Thing I took away from yeah, the and movie. I, I think it's an interesting true story. Like I do think it's got that. It was just because like, it feels to me kind of like you know in Canada we obviously all know about the Terry Fox and Terry Fox's story, but no one outside of Canada knows that. I think this is possibly one of those stories for Australia where everyone knows the story of this woman who walked across Australia, and no one else knows it except for people in Australia. And so it did feel kind of great. Sort of felt like we were learning this sort of folk story that no one outside of Australia really knows, but everyone in Australia knows. It's sort of like a national hero type thing. It felt fairly reminiscent of that. So I did like learning about, you know, a popular story that happened relatively recently, just in another part of the world that we never would have heard of here in North America. I did enjoy that aspect of it, but overall it's kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I could have been told in a more exciting way, but got no issue with the film. I thought it was fine. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fine. What do you think, Andrea? I mean, yeah, it was really middle of the road for me for tracks. It, yeah, it was neither here nor there. And yeah, it really dragged basically most of the same things you guys have already said. Uh, and for Marriage Story, I absolutely love it. Uh, yeah, huge Adam Driver fan. That's like where I very first met him. I had never seen him in another film before Marriage Story. And yeah, he was phenomenal. Yeah, Mar Marriage Story is probably the front runner for this entire division. Let's be real. I really love Marriage Story. I think this is an easy one for Marriage Story. You can probably move on. Yeah, exactly. We don't need to focus too much on it. Uh, Mary's Story, easy win against Trax. That's why it's the first seed here. But going right next, we have a bit of a more debatable one, possibly. We have number four, Patterson, and number five, Star Wars The Force Awakens. So uh, for those that need a little synopsis here, Patterson, let me try to describe this. It is a film about uh, a couple living their life and he writes poems that suck and this movie sucks. Um, it's, it's very much a slice of life film. For, yeah. If you like slice of life films, you might like this one. I actually liked his poetry in the movie. I don't know if his poetry was supposed to be bad or not, but I thought his poetry was pretty all right. Um, but it's most definitely a boring movie. It's a slice of life film. If you like those, you probably like this one. I've never loved slice of life movies and this one's not doing anything new or revolutionary to push the envelope so if you're not a big fan of that genre you're probably not gonna like this movie um yeah. that's the way i really feel about it and it's never my favorite genre but i'm just you know it was fine i kept waiting for something twist to happen something to happen and it just never really did 
it, they just kind of kept living. And we watched them live for a week, and then the movie ended. Yeah, it's a very highly regarded film. I was surprised at how much I yeah, but by the, like the eight them. people who watched it, with the how That's many true. reviews? <laughs> That's it's true. Just the review. It's not just the number. You know, how many people reviewed it? Five people reviewed it. Has one hundred percent. That means nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like it's four people watch this thing. Because it's the number four seed, but it has the same score as the number two and, and number three seed. Uh, but if it was a tie for score, I then went by how many people reviewed it, and it, exactly. obviously it had the least exactly. amount. I had like six, didn't it? <laughs> I can get the actual number here, but yeah, it was not great. Uh, and, and I just didn't love the film. The I do tend to re- watch and review this. We're big fans of the life of light genre. You know what Maybe. I mean? And that's fine if that's your shtick. If that's what you like watching, go for it. But uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. 127,000 people watch it and review it. 127,000? Wow. Yeah. That's quite a few. Yeah. And it's a streaming service. So that could have been yeah. why as well. Yeah, that's true. And I tend to enjoy slice of life films. I guess they're more hit or miss for me. And this yeah. one, this one felt yeah, like a mess. Just nothing no, happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Star, we mentioned Star Wars was the one that's going up against, right? We yeah. just started talking. Yeah. About yeah. yeah. And I, I assume everyone knows what Star Wars: The Force Awakens is. I feel like we don't really need to describe. Yeah, that we don't really need to describe it. it. You know what Star Wars is. Yeah, it's the seventh one. It's the first one of this trilogy. So the first one with Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, that. There you go. Just in case you got confused on the title. And I yeah. think it was Rodham's favorite. That's why he picked this one. Pretty sure that one's his favorite of the trilogy. Oh, yeah, I think wow. so too. Because, yeah, I think that's why Welling picked this one over the other two in the trilogy. Because I think if we're going to go by purely Adam Driver's performance, I know Rise of Skywalker isn't beloved, but I thought that was his strongest performance of the three, just performance-wise. I thought he was a more developed character. That's probably true. I mean, he must definitely carry the entire trilogy on his back the whole yeah. way through. Yeah. He was the one character who I cared about the entire way through. Um, he was the best part of the sequel trilogy by far. Yeah. Um, the only reason I actually kind of like the sequel trilogy is Adam Driver's character. Oh, for sure. Um, and yeah, this one he was so great. And he was great in all of them. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, particularly at the end of this one, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's a plot twist or just a surprise ending or anything, whatever it is, uh, with him involved in it, uh, that was probably the best part of the whole movie. Yeah, we can discuss um, we could discuss spoilers for this film, but let's avoid spoilers for the next two films in the trilogy mm-hmm. because this is Andrew's very first Star Wars movie. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and we just watched. We I finally convinced her to watch it a few days ago. Yeah, and she really liked it, and so now we're gonna watch the rest of the Star Wars franchise because Andrew. Yeah, they're not bad. They're, yeah. Here's the thing: they're not bad. They're just people claim they're like the greatest movies of all time, yeah. and they're not. Yeah. They're good, but they're far from the greatest movies of all time. They're just good. They're fun. I think Andrea likes Force Awakens more than me now. I, th- I think she does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Force Awakens. Good, Force Awakens. Is, I think they get better and better in this trilogy. I really do. I, I think I'm probably the only one to believe that. Oh uh, yeah, probably. probably. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I definitely dislike one more than this one, but uh, Force Awakens is perfectly fine. And yeah, considering Andrea has never even seen Han Solo in another movie mm-hmm. before. It, oh man, I, I could tell that her heart was guy was about to get crushed at the end because Monster the entire time the best character in she loved her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like honestly, I was not expecting to like this movie at all. I was dreading it. I was totally dragging my feet. But yeah, it really. I was shocked how much I liked it in Han Solo. Yeah, I was not happy with Adam Driver by the end at all. <laughs> Yeah, so if we're going off of likability, this is uh, losing this round, right, Andrew? She was very upset at Driver. <laughs> I also just wanted to say about uh, Patterson uh, was that I didn't really like the film myself. 
Uh, and when I wrote my letterbox review, I gave it a pretty low score. And yeah, this movie has a huge following because I got some hate on my letterbox review. I was I was a little shocked, but yeah, I didn't like all the poetry. It literally. What was the arguments for liking? Like, what did they like about? It? What was the uh? I, what was the, the the arguments as to why you were wrong? Or did they just say you were like, uh, Yeah, they didn't really... For for me, when I wrote my review, people were like, wrong take, bad opinion. Yeah. Like, they didn't really say that that was all they said. I was like, you, oh, okay. You, you make really great points when you don't justify it. <laughs> exactly. Just make it, don't justify it. Yeah. It's, it's really they convinced point. me. They convinced me. It's good now. Yeah, you're right. I did have the wrong take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good call, actually. I didn't think of it that way. Look, the movie is boring. And I don't know if you guys claim it isn't boring, it's wrong. It's not a bad movie. It shows mm-hmm. boring. Um, so I think we can move Star Wars on and, and keep going here. Yep, agreed. Yeah, you got anything else to say about Patterson, Andrea? Do you want to do a shout out to the haters? <laughs> yeah, thanks haters for commenting on my review. It was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's still worked up about that. We watched that like two months ago. <laughs> All right, so we can move on to the next round here. Uh, we have the number three seed, Francis Ha, and the number six seed, Logan Lucky. So uh, for the number three seed, uh, Francis Ha is directed by Noah Baumbach, just as, just like Marriage Story. Uh, it's funny because these are the only two films that Noah Baumbach has directed with Adam Driver in it, and they are the only two Noah Baumbach films that are good. So that works out really well. Uh, maybe he's really good with working with uh, Adam Driver because uh, my hot take is uh, every other Baumbach film besides these two, I, I do not like at all. But I think these are the only two I've seen, and they're both because of this list. Actually, I've seen Marriage Story before this list, but yeah. Yeah, so yeah. you can stop right now, Tristy. You don't need to watch the others. Uh, this is this is the peak. And then Logan Lucky is directed by Sonnenberg, the guy that uh, directed the last Oscar ceremony. So two well-known directors. Uh, and for those that don't know either of the films, they're more un- they're less well-known. Uh, Francis Ha is another similar to Patterson, I guess, the slice of life of this woman just living in New York in this beautiful black and white style and her just trying to find herself after, her just trying to discover herself while everyone around her is, you know, living more successful lives than her. Uh, and Logan Lucky is more <laughs> fast-paced. Uh, we got people in j- uh, prison having to get breaking out to do this heist film, a very fun heist movie, Sodenberg. Might be like the king of heist films. He also did Ocean's Eleven. So uh, two drastically different films here with the genre. Yeah. And well, in this one, they're trying to rob all the money from a, uh, is it Daytona? It's one of the big NASCAR races. I believe it was Daytona. Yeah, I could not uh, tell you which race, but yeah, it was a big race. Pretty sure it was Daytona. They're trying to rob all the money from the vault before it gets taken out. So while the race is happening, they're trying to sneak in to the basement and steal all the money uh, and get the heck out. Yeah. So. Uh, honestly, um, two really good films. These are both in my top four of the Adam Driver movies. So this is more of a give or take for me. I really like them both. Yeah. Well, I know for sure what side I'm going on. Oh, same with you. I know where I'm going. Okay. Do we do we want to okay. discuss any more? Do we want to just say it right now? Let's say it right now. Well, then can we talk about it after? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it after. Okay. It's, it's not even that close for me. Uh, Francis Ha. No way. Logan Lucky. Oh, I'm doing Francis Ha as well. I knew I was going to get it. I'm looking at Oboda so many times. <laughs> no, okay. no. I swear. Here, here, okay, here's the thing. First and foremost, Francis Ha, uh, Quinn said it was what it was really good. I disagree completely. It was fine. I absolutely 
hated the main character. <gasps> she was no. less successful ah. than all the friends for good reason, because she's a terrible person, super annoying. All right, I did not like the main character. She got everything she deserved and she should have failed because she sucked. She was so <laughs> self-indulgent and so poor me attitude the entire time rather than trying to help herself at all. And when people tried to help her, she acted like they, just, they needed to help her because she deserved it for no reason other than just because she's there. No one owed her crap and she expected like everyone deserved her everything. She was so annoying and I hated her. And Logan Lucky was a very fun high school. I love high school movies. It was super fun. It was entertaining, it was funny, it was action-packed, it was fast-paced. Nothing like Francis Hall, which was boring and slow, and I, I hated the main character. Adam Driver was in there for a full five minutes, and that was it, <laughs> and his character did nothing. The movie was not very good at all, and Logan Lucky is far superior. And Adam Driver's actually a legitimate character on Logan Lucky. Yeah, I, I will say. The like, roommate of the side character yeah. is, 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 is his role. Yeah, we he did should, it for five minutes, yeah. and there's two lines more often. Yeah, we, we should, like, define, like, Francis Hall is for sure superior in my mind, but... Uh, Adam Driver is very limited in this film. He is not in it a lot. I like. I want to keep pushing this movie forward. We'll, we'll push it through this round. But yeah, I don't know how much further no, we can we really can't push, push it. through this round because it sucks. All right, <laughs> Francis is so annoying. What's the I really like her. Okay, I hate movies where the protagonist sucks. If the protagonist is not likable, they don't have to be the good guy. They can be the bad guy. Whatever. They have to be rootable and likable. If not, I hate the movie. And she's so annoying. There was no argument for liking her. At never point, no point in the movie did I root for her to have success. I wanted her to fail. Oh my gosh! Her. Why? I, yeah, she, was, she was so annoying. Wow, I might just been the perfect movie to watch. I really liked Frances. I thought she was a really quirky, fun character, uh, and I normally get annoyed easily by weird, wacky people. But I just thought one way to say stupid. <laughs> I thought she was. It's a, it's a fancy way to say stupid. Uh, yeah, and, and she's an extremely flawed person, but I felt like she felt very real. Like, it feels like that phase in your life where you're just done university and you just don't know what to do for, like, the next, like, the, the next six yeah, months exact to a year. the phase all of us are in, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, like... Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no reason for us being that. a bitch. Um... I never really got the vibe that she was a bitch. I feel like, uh, I feel like, yeah, at times she's a little direct. She had um, a lot of, she had attitude at times, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, but I thought that she was, uh, I found her pretty relatable. Like, she uh, was I liked her. so excruciating. She was so <laughs> invited. I, I couldn't think. Yeah, I, and do, do you know who plays her, Tristan? No, I, I'm not blaming the actress. No, I, no, I no, no, yeah, no, yeah, I'm not saying you are. I was just wondering yeah. if you recognized her. Uh, I, I didn't quite, no. Uh, it's Greta Gerwig. Oh, okay. I've heard the name, but I can't remember anything she Yeah, did. she only did a few films, and now she's a well-regarded director. She directed Lady Bird and Little Woman. Oh, okay. That's where I know her from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lady Bird and Little Woman. That's where I would know her name from. Yeah. Yeah. The, I did not like Frances Ha. So uh, one other thing I'll quickly say about Frances Ha is I think it is gorgeous. I thought the black and white the You only like it was black and white. If it's, a movie's black and white, Quentin <laughs> is in his pants. It's gorgeous! <laughs> It, it, come on, did it not look beautiful? Like I thought the not New York... Really. The black and white was clearly done to make it look more artistic and hopefully distract you from the terrible writing. <laughs> I will have worked it, on it, me. This is what you guys know. Wow. <laughs> All right, Angie, you got anything to say about either film? Um, Honestly, Francis Hall moves on for me. Well, one, I like it, but number two, I'm just not a huge heist person. I'm, I'm quite the opposite. Like, I just... I don't know. For some reason, like, it did tie together really well, especially at the end. I really wanted to see what happened more. 
Uh, I wanted to see if they actually ended up getting caught. But, yeah, overall, I don't know. I just liked Francis Hobmore. So, the one thing I'll say about Logan Lucky is Logan Lucky, like I said, it was my fourth favorite of the Driver films. I do really like it. Uh, what I like about it is the last half. The first half, the build-up yeah. of, like, them planning it. I was getting pretty bored. I was, yeah. like, almost ready to just be like, this movie sucks. But when we get to the actual heist, I, it makes me want to watch the Ocean movies, Tristan. The heist was awesome. How they yeah, escaped. Yeah, that's all heist movies, though, right? It's always yeah. built up to the last. Yeah, 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 yeah. It snowball it gets better and better, and it builds up towards the end. And it's not until the last third where thing, the dominoes yeah. start falling into place. Yeah, but, like, right? yeah, the way they do it is so great. How they escape prison to then do the heist, and then they break back in into prison so cool, so cool. uh them dressed up as the firefighters at the end and then the guy in the prison refusing to believe that somebody would break back into his prison like that's hilarious yeah, yeah. yeah. that was so funny he's like wait you're telling me that somebody broke back into my prison <laughs> it's like I, you think i wouldn't have noticed that like uh, he's so delusional it was so, so funny good. yeah uh you know i so i don't want to make it sound like i hate logan lucky the last like yeah third of logan lucky was super fun i had a really fun time uh both yeah. of them were hidden gems for me i wasn't really excited for either going in uh because you know I, i'm not a big bomb back fan so i was like oh my gosh uh here's francis ha and then I, uh like uh, to be fair i didn't know this was a heist movie i thought it was a racing movie because because of the cover and i was like yeah, yeah I, I don't need a racing movie it's not a race track, but there's not much racing in it. yeah not at all so uh, i wasn't looking forward to either but i walked away loving them both i do like <laughs> both movies yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt, Logan Lucky is a superior film. <laughs> and Francis Haw is boring, slow, and painful to get. Where Logan Lucky was an enjoyable film. That is fair. That, that is, uh, I, I strongly disagree. I definitely like Francis Haw more. But I'm lenient to push Logan Lucky just because Driver's so little in Francis Haw. That's the only reason. That I honestly have to say, Tristan did have like a good point. Like he's in it like a lot more than in Francis Ha. He's hardly in it. In yeah, Francis Ha is in it for like hardly at all. 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he just isn't really a character. I don't know if he's even named. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure. Not sure. Undetermined. No, he's definitely named. Uh, but okay, do we want to move Logan Lucky for us? We can move either one on. I was a voter. You guys both like Francis Ha more. Okay, all right. We'll do Francis Ha. We can move Francis Hawmore. It's not when we're past next round. No okay, one. Tristan's like, I don't know. Not we'll look at the two that are underneath it. I like both of them more. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Wow, okay. Uh, so we can go into the last two Driver films, and that is going to be Black Klansman at the number two seed and The Report at number seven. Yeah, I think I'm probably more like Quentin last round than this round, where I like both these movies a lot. They're both, I thought they're both really good. I'm, so, I'm guessing, oh, go over the movies first. I'm sorry. You haven't even explained the movies first. So I, I don't think I need to do too much with Black Landsman. I think it's pretty well known. It was nominated for uh, Best Picture for the uh, for the Oscars. And I believe he was also nominated for Best Supporting Actor for this film back I in the 2019 so. yeah, Oscars. I'm pretty, sure. I'm pretty sure he is. And the lead wasn't nominated for Best Actor. I think that's kind of crazy because I thought he was just as great. Yeah, he was really good. Um, so yeah, I don't th uh, for those who don't know, it's a Spike Lee film. He's the second lead character here. He's really great where it's about these two guys breaking, becoming a member of the Klansmen. And uh, I, I think it's an extremely good film. Uh, and then yeah. we got The Report, which is uh, based on a true story about a journalist who's writing up a report for uh, what, what was exactly going on? Uh, it was when they were a, um, 
like the Guantanamo Bay incident yeah. when they were using when they were using torturing torture. yeah. a uh, or extremely interviewing a, a criminals to get information on what's going on in the Middle East after nine eleven happened. Yeah, and they're using waterboarding and other torture methods that are illegal um, by international law, and they tried justifying it by saying they weren't that extreme because they didn't kill anybody. Yeah, so these are the two films. Uh, I'll, I'll throw my vote right at the back because it's easy for me. Uh, Black Klansman's one of the best driver films ever. Uh, I think it's a fantastic film. I've seen it twice now, and I loved it both times. I had a great time. I really don't like the report. It's like Tracks, where it's like an interesting story. And to be fair, this might be one of the most interesting stories of the eight. Like, this is actually a crazy true story. I think it is told in such a boring way. I was so bored. Well, you think this is boring or Francis Hall isn't? Yes, I do. There's no chance. There's no chance. This movie is way more interesting than Francis High in every way. No, no more. I'm going for Black Lansman. I'm assuming Andrew's also going for Black Lansman. I think Black Lansman is going to be moving on. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. I the report was good, but it was just middle of the road for me. Yeah, uh, I thought, I like the report a lot. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not being Black Lansman. Black um, yeah, hundred percent Black Lansman for me as well. Yeah. Yeah, All right. yeah. I, I think that was moving on. I like to report a lot. If you like true stories or if, if you're just interested about learning more about what happened with, you know, the whole torture scandal and the United States torturing prisoners, I would highly recommend checking this out. I think it's on Amazon Prime. I'm pretty sure that's where I watched it. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought this movie was fantastic. I really like this one. I thought it was really fun. It is a little long. I think my, my biggest issue is it's long. I don't. I feel like there was most be some scenes where they could have cut it. I also think Spotlight is pretty boring, and that's the Best Picture winner. So I just feel like stories about journalism isn't really exciting for me, but mm-hmm. the film is extremely interesting. And if mm-hmm. you do like Spotlight, I imagine you would like this, because it is kind of the point of view of how limited journalism is and how they can really approach such a serious topic. So I do yeah. think it is interesting. All right, yeah. so there we go. We got our four films moving yeah. forward for the driver region. Uh, which yeah. region do you guys want to go to next? We can do New England. We can do, I, I'm not anywhere. We can go my place, yes. Go one up. Yeah, let's do Tristan's. Yeah. All right, so we'll go up here, and we can go for the number one seed, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, against the number eight seed, Galaxy Quest. Yeah. We'll give a brief summary first before we start talking about these. Do you want to give the brief summary since they're your movies? Yeah, sure. So that, way I, that way I don't have outside to. Of, outside of Missouri is a, uh, was also nominated for Best Picture a few years back. Uh, has Frances McDormand as the lead, uh, where she won Best Picture. She is a, uh, a mother of a recently deceased daughter who was raped and murdered. And the police in the town have seemingly done nothing about it. And so she takes into her own hands to purchase three billboards outside of Missouri. And she puts up the billboards that say... Um, raped and murdered, yet still the police officer does nothing about it. How come? Something like that. Something real controversial, and they're basically calling out the police chief. And then pretty much the rest of the movie is just a uh, how the town's reacting to the billboards being up, how the media is reacting to billboards being up, how the police and the police chief and the other deputies are reacting to the billboards being up, and sort of how that changes how this town sort of looks at what happened in the past and, and trying to maybe reevaluate if they can see if they can find the, the person who, who brutally raped and murdered her daughter. Very great movie, very touching, great performances all around, um, particularly by Sam Rockwell and Francis McDormand and Woody Harrelson. All three of them have phenomenal performances in this one. Really, really great movie. And then you got Galaxy Quest, which is a super fun concept. It's about a uh, basically a, a Star Trek-like show, but obviously not Star Trek because they can't copy Star Trek. 
uh, that's super popular, but they're past their heyday now. So all the, the main cast and crew of the movie are just kind of going to Comic-Cons and signing autographs, and that's what they get by. Until one day, aliens show up asking for the help from the great and infamous captain of the crew, um, who is Tim Allen. And so the, the crew has to actually go into outer space and defend the galaxy on a real mission because the aliens believe that they were their only hope in saving them from an actual invasion. And it's a really funny and cool concept and sort of a sci-fi comedy um, and where Sam Rockwell plays like this, uh, an extra character in the movie who somehow gets involved in this crazy intergalactic quest to save the world or whatever. Really fun movie. What do you guys think about these two? Well, I first think Tristan should be doing the reviews of all the films. I thought he did a much better job than I did with actually giving us a story here. He did good, yeah. yeah I don't know how long to make the reviews. That's the only issue. But I feel like most people probably haven't seen these movies. I feel like a little flew under the radar. Yeah, I, well, Three Billboards was pretty big in the Oscars. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you're a movie buff, you're probably yeah, seen that. Yeah, uh, but Galaxy Quest was definitely more underrated. Yeah. I'm more so curious, why did you pick these two together, Tristan? I kind of just picked randomly, you know. It's like, ah, put that one there. Then. Okay, because I'll say this right now. These are two of my three favorite from Rockwell. And oh, I'm really? I mean, I like both of them, yeah. for sure. And I'm really bummed that you put them both together the first round. Like, this is going to be one of the toughest matchups we're going to have for the whole first round. Oh, wow. Uh, well, by tough. Like, this is going to be tough to say goodbye to Galaxy Quest because three yeah, billboards... Yeah, I feel this way. Yeah. I really like Galaxy Quest. It's super... It's such a great yeah. concept. It's so much fun. Yeah, three billboards is definitely moving on. But Galaxy Quest, if you guys haven't seen it, I recommend it. I actually gushed about so much of my review that a bunch of my, like, film friends that I talk to a lot, they messaged me afterwards, so, like... Like, would you re- like, should I check this out? Like, would you recommend it? I was like, yes, go watch it. And like, they all watched and they all told me this was great. Like, I got a bunch of people to check this out because it's just so much fun. I really like Galaxy Quest. It was the, one of the biggest shockers because uh, I hate space movies. Well, like, you know, like, I just, I don't get excited about them. And it was about Star Trek. So I didn't know if I would get a lot of the inside jokes. But it's not just a joke about like space movies, but more so just a joke about how fandoms are and how like the a dying show they're kind of just going off to comic cons and they're really just like nobodies and how they have to actually come together as a real team as if they were the show a really fun concept super fun characters i love it but yeah three billboards moves on yeah what about right, you, this is ridiculous in the best way possible yeah i love it's it it's hilarious and it, it it is really fun i like what you point about the, how fandoms are ridiculous and insane and yeah. it, it really dives deep into how crazy fandoms can get. Yeah. Um, of course, the crazy fandoms will save them in the end and all that kind of stuff. I thought it was a really fun movie. But Three Billboards is just, it, it, it's basically a masterpiece. It's so good. Yeah, because like the actual aliens are talking to the, 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 like the Star Trek crew, and they thought that they were just fans because they're like, oh, yeah, you guys are normal. You guys, like, like the, it was literally just jokes about how like the fandom is like so alien to like how people act sometimes. Like they're so obsessed. It's funny. Uh, what was your thoughts, Andrea? Yeah, honestly, I liked both of these films. For me, I think it's pretty obvious. I'm going to move forward three billboards. But Galaxy Quest actually held up for me, too. I thought it was funny. I also loved how Dwight from The Office was in it as one of the alien or one of the, the, the crew. Yeah, and I... Yeah, I just thought it was fun. And I like I was surprised that I even got any of the jokes in it, but it was pretty easy to catch on to. Yeah, I don't think they're going too deep into Star Trek no. jokes. I don't think you had to be a fan of Star Trek to really get the jokes. Because it wasn't Star Trek. They kind of just make fun of 
the whole Star Trek or mm-hmm. Star Wars or culture in general. I think most people, even from the outside, ink can get a lot of the jokes, which I, which was great. Yeah, and I will say, I think the very last scene of the film is amazing, and it might be like one of my favorite endings to a movie I've seen in like you know in like the last few months. Like I thought the ending was super fun; it wrapped up the film perfectly. You just leave the movie feeling, yeah, this was a good time. Like I really like Galaxy Quest. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, so uh, um, screw you, Tristan. Unfortunately, I ran into a bus saw here through the building. Yeah, unbelievable. I can't believe. I was so sad when I saw your rankings. I was like, why would he do this? Killing me here. I, and is this your least favorite, number eight? Or do you just re- really do it randomly? It's, it's far from my least favorite. Okay. All right, good. Um, mind you, I will say this. I don't think I like, hated any of the uh, Sam Rockwell movies. I don't think any of them are like, uh, one of them is pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Most, right. most, most, most of them are at least decent films, I would think, that are worth a watch. All right, so we can move on to the number four seed, Seven Psychopaths, against the number five seed, Richard Jewell. Yeah. So I'm going to be real. I haven't seen Seven Psychopaths since high school, so it's been a while. Um, so my, 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 my synopsis is probably going to be pretty weak here. From my memory, obviously, there's seven psychopaths, each kind of with their quirky different capabilities. The only thing I really remember is how it's super action-packed in the first half. And then the main character kind of says, man, if I were to make a movie, I'd make it really action-packed in the first half. And then in the second half, have a little camping or something in the forest. And then they all go camping in like, the desert. Um, I can't quite honestly give a real real good a, uh, synopsis of the film. I probably should give this one a rewatch. Uh, to, to be fair, the film is kind of hard to do a summary of. It's very yeah, much... it's sort of just random yeah, It's a very scenes. ensemble cast. Like, all seven of the psychopaths are all equal in camera time. Like, it's very clean cast. They kind of... It's very Cohen-esque where they kind of pop in at different segments of the film, interconnect with different characters. Uh, it's kind of all over the place, but it's really yeah, about the really writing of it. It's real fun. It's like a dark comedy with action elements in it. It's pretty solid. And then Richard Jewell? Richard Jewell, uh, a true story, is about a security guard uh, who finds a, a pipe bomb at a big concert venue. I believe it's for the Olympics is coming to town, so that big concert coming in. And he's a security guard who takes his job way too seriously because uh, he dreams of being a police officer. He's very serious because he's a security guard. I wish Wallen so was he, here. Yeah, basically <laughs> Wallen. So he finds a pipe bomb and he, he tries to get he tell he calls the police and gets everyone to back up and try saving the day because of this pipe bomb that he finds. It blows up. I, I, I think everyone survived, but a couple of people were injured. Uh, it would have been way worse if he hadn't actually found the bomb. It probably would have killed lots of people. Uh, but then when, when the police are looking into who put the pipe bomb there, they believe it was Richard Jewell. They believe Richard Jewell planted the pipe bomb so that he could find the pipe bomb and become a hero to everybody. So he very quickly, within like 48 hours, went from being America's favorite hero and a sweetheart and saving the day and saving hundreds of lives to being a terrible, psychopathic person who thought that he would, you know, come and looking like a hero and was really the villain the whole time. And Sam Rockwell plays the, you know rude but lovable lawyer who's hell-bent on saving Richard Jewell and believing he is innocent uh, and, and not what the police say he is. And then, um, you know, the movie goes on from there where Sam Rockwell tries to defend Richard Jewell and the police are hard-bent to put him in jail where he deserves to be. And it's a true story, and it's, uh, it's a pretty good story. It's pretty pretty interesting. Um, I really like Sam Rockwell's character. I think the other side characters, or not even side characters, Richard Jewell himself because the main character, they were, they were fine. They were okay. Um, oh, this movie was good. Not great. I, I thought it was a fun one. Yeah, I really like both of these films. Uh, I, I guess since we've discussed these top four already, I'll just say it now. 
my four favorite Rockwell films are these top four. Like, I really like all these movies. Uh, Richard Jewell, like Tristan said, really great film based on a pretty crazy true story, I thought. I yeah, thought it was pretty it, interesting. that is a true story. It's insane. It's a pretty wild story yeah. for me. Uh, it's in black and white, so Tristan must have hated it. I don't. I don't hate black and white. I just don't. I just don't have an orgasm every time I see it. Oh, was it not in black and white? It was not in black and white. I didn't think it was black and white. Honestly, I, was I didn't think it would be black <laughs> what he was saying. Oh my bad. It's been a while. The poster was in black <laughs> well, and white. We said black and white. I'm like, man, I don't remember it being black and white. But okay, I just don't go with that. Like, I didn't know what you talking about. Uh, maybe that's why. <laughs> you know what? Uh, this isn't one of my favorites. This movie sucked. It's not in black and white. What's the point? <laughs> Are you sure you watched or did you just look at the post? <laughs> yeah, I no, looked at the post. No, we definitely watched it because I made him watch this one. <laughs> yeah. It was better than I thought it was going to be. I'll tell you that. I wasn't too excited. Because, uh, you know, a true story about like a cop or whatever. Uh, but no, it is a pretty crazy story. I actually thought the actor Richard Jewell was really good. I don't necessarily know if I like the character Richard Jewell. He kind of gives me like. Uh, stick up his ass, hall monitor vibe. Yeah, um, a little. He's a little too. I'm a security guard. Yeah. That's my job. Is everything I am. You know what I mean? He's a little too like people who are that invested in what they do. Like it's like their identity. Yeah, it doesn't they, feel they healthy. Do it, yeah. yeah, like mm-hmm. I, I like. I'm not saying the police are right, but like I'm just saying I don't blame them for getting a little suspicious because he's so pro. Like I'm going to be a hero. Well, like to a point where it was definitely a flaw. Yeah, um, like like it's a flaw of him, and then it, it's a flaw to like his story. Like they, it does raise doubt, uh, and you do feel horrible for him because it sucks that it happened. But uh, I, I can understand why they might think, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can see maybe how they would suspect him. Uh, but Seven Psychopaths, I'll tell you right now, I love Seven Psychopaths. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah I knew it was gonna be your kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, I am obsessed with it, uh, and it's funny because it's the same director that did Three Billboards. So I think he's really good at using Rockwell in his films. So I thought he was great in it. Seven Psychopaths. Uh, it, it, for me, it's an easy vote for me. Uh, it is amazing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm I'm obsessed with it, but um, I'm I'm a little worried you two might like Richard Jewell more. So we'll see. <laughs> um, where are you going, Andrea? Uh, so really quick, I love I, I love both of these films actually. Um, I made Quentin watch Richard Jewell. He didn't want to watch it. We watched it a while ago, and I am a sucker for true stories. And I also love that it has Kathy Bates in it as well because I love her. Um, but Seven Psychopaths is where I'm like I'm going I loved it it was full of fun twists and turns and I was all about it yeah I, I'm totally fine with Seven Psychopaths moving on I like that both these movies are pretty close for me I don't really like this one's way better than this one um I don't I think like if I would have rewatched Seven Psychopaths sooner than I have I might be a little more yeah, Seven Psychopaths has to move on. Um, so I'm, I'm totally fine with it moving on. I like Seven Psychopaths a lot. I'm a seven I'll give it a uh, watch. Yeah, I just got really busy watching a cult documentary this past week, so I didn't have time. Yeah, this <laughs> might be a hot take, but Social Network is obviously the best screenplay of the 2010s. Mm-hmm. I think Seven Psychopaths might be my second favorite screenplay of the uh-huh. 2010s. I think it is a phenomenal screenplay. Uh, it's so clever. It's so smart. But uh, anyways, we can move on to the next round here. We have at the number three seed, G-Force. Number three seed, the movie with the third best screenplay of the 2010s, <laughs> G-Force. Yeah, G-Force. Uh, Actually, and... I think it was 2009, so I think it was the decade before. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and then the number six seed, Cowboys and Aliens. Yes. Uh, so for those who don't know, G-Force is a phenomenally made uh, family spy film about a group of guinea pigs 
trying to save the world from an international threat. Uh, this big tech company instills these microchips into all these devices that turn them evil and sentient, and they are hell-bent on destroying the world. <clears throat> and the only thing that can, between the world and destruction, is a cute team of, a, is it four or five guinea pigs that are trained to be spies, and they are going to save the world. And Sam Rockwell voices a, uh, he voices a, no, they're all, ha- it's called G-Force, but they're all hamsters. Yeah. Because yeah. then Sam Rockwell voices a guinea pig. He's the only guinea pig in it. He's not yeah. part of the team. He just lives in the pet shop that they happen to go to at some point. And then what? he kind of becomes a friend and joins the team. No, 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 no. Sam He's Rockwell's the, the lead. lead. Oh, shoot, my bad, right. Who voices the guinea pig then? I know the guy who voices the guinea pig. Uh, it's the guy that directed Iron Man. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, right, half, right, yeah, okay. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. He voices the lead. So he, he voices one of the hamsters, not the guinea pig. I screwed that one up. That's okay, though. And then Cowboys and Aliens in the movie about Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> that's that that's a good enough description. Yeah. I love yeah. that, yes. Yeah, I have a funny story here for uh, for G Force. I think you like this, Tristan. Oh, is it about me? Yeah, of course it's about oh, this you. This is a good. Yeah. Yeah. So well, Andrea refused to watch this movie. <laughs> it, this it was this in Star Wars. I was gonna have to drag my feet for. It. Anyways, I was trying to show her. I was trying to convince her, and eventually I showed her the phone. I showed her my phone that had the poster of G Force. Like, come on, Andrea, how can you say no to this? And she's like, What's that? I was like, Wait, what? What? It's G Force. This is what I've been talking about for weeks. And she's like, Wait. <laughs> Hold on, G-Force is a movie about guinea pigs? And I was like, yeah, that's what you think it was. She was like, I thought it was some dumb Marvel movie. Oh, I'll watch the guinea pigs. <laughs> right? And who would want to watch a Marvel so, movie? Yeah. So it literally took me like yeah. two and a half weeks to convince her to watch a movie she thought was going to be superheroes. But when she heard it was about guinea pigs that are spies, oh, we watched it instantly. I yeah. was so excited when I realized <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a masterpiece. I, this one's an obvious photo. How it's an alien box? And, yeah, and also I, I also want to make a quick note that's really funny to me. G Force has a bigger budget than Iron Man. No way. Yeah, like they, like if you watch this movie, it has a crazy budget. Like it is insane. And I, I, it, I was, honestly, it looks, yeah. it looks better than it has any right to look. But I guess not yeah, for that budget. I was looking at it. I was like, it's how come? Yeah. I was watching for this movie yeah. and it all being CGI and it being like a yeah. family movie. You think it looked like a Spy Kids movie? Spy Kids movies always looked real crappy. It yeah. has that crappy control. This movie looks looks quite good. Yeah, I, I going in, I thought it was gonna be some like crappy looking CGI, and I was watching it. I was going, this looks like extremely clean. Like this looks really good for its time. Like oh my god, I'm actually impressed. Let me look at the budget. Holy crap! This is like this might be the biggest budget movie that we're going to be discussing tonight. Like this is a huge Not Star budget Wars for sure. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, that, you know, you're right. Star Wars. This might be second though. Looking on the list, this could very well be second. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's a few. Like I'm sure. World War Brad Z. Pitt. Kind of yeah, I was gonna say it. World War Z probably has one. Um, Even. Uh, honestly, it might be the. It might be mm-hmm. yeah, the second or third most. Uh, who knows? Like it is a crazy budget. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Cowboys and Aliens is probably a massive budget, too, I bet you. Uh, I'm sure it did. Uh, but Cowboys and Aliens sucks. It was so bad. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. It, so, it, uh, it was, it's a movie about Cowboys and Aliens. What the hell do you expect? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it, it's it, an easy pick it. for me. Uh, G-Force is my vote. And I'm telling you right now, I think Tristan strategically put it so G-Force is on, like, the weak section of Rockwell. <laughs> so I vote for it every time. And goddammit, it might work. Because... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I guess these other movies, G-Force might actually be the best. Uh, G-Force is definitely beating Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah, yeah I, I want to move G-Force ahead as well. It, they, they were so just goddamn cute. I love them. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Me and Andrew had a good time, actually. 
I, uh, yeah, we were I laughing. I was obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. Is, I think everyone just writes G4s off being like a crappy family movie. And it is a family movie. And it's sort of crappy. But yeah. it's most definitely really good. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, let's hold off. It is pretty crappy. You're not no, totally it's not a crappy family movie. But it's a good yeah. crappy family movie. Yeah. That's right. No, we, we had a good time. I, I had fun. Uh, honestly, I was having a really good time until the uh, the director of Iron Man. I like how we're connecting these two movies. Uh, what's the actor's name? Oh, I know. Who, I know. It. I know. John Favreau. Yeah, John Favreau. Yeah. Um, I had a good time until he showed up. His character was just a bunch of fart jokes, and it was idiotic, and I hated him. But until he arrived, I was like, yeah. I'm having what a great time. What was that twist ending, though? Did y'all predict oh, the twist ending? Yeah. yeah, the twist was so funny. And I looked at Andrew, I was like, do you get it, Andrew? The mole's the mole. And she just like, yeah, it was hilarious. Oh, spoilers, Quentin. Yeah. And uh, honestly, <laughs> I, I see, I actually predicted it, but I'm pretty sure it's because I remembered it from when it, I think I just remembered it from when I first watched it. That, that stuck with me. For a decade and a half. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I knew it. I remember that guy is. Well, I, I specifically remember what happened because we were at a summer camp and I was a, uh, I was, yeah. I was either like a, like a supervisor or like team leader. Like I was like looking after the, like when we brought the kids to watch the movie, I was one of the people looking after the kids. And I remember. No, you were one, one of the kids. This was 2009, Buckle. You were like 10. Well, uh, well, I don't know why I was the one given the job then because I remember there was a kid <laughs> that really had to go pee. So I had to leave to walk the kid to go to the washroom because he, you know, it's like the, the kid was like sick, so he couldn't walk by himself. So I walked into the washroom and I come back and the mole's already like in this giant machine or whatever. I was like, oh wait, like I guess he's the bad guy. Like I missed the reveal. I, he was suddenly just uh -huh. evil. See, I remember watching this in the theaters in like a summer camp. I remember that. Yeah, I think probably saw this or some other crappy movie. We went to this one. Well, it was, it was this or it was this or Harry Potter Five, I believe. No, I think it was her. Maybe it's Harry Potter. No, I think it's Harry Potter 4. But Mom already took us to see Harry Potter 4 like the week before or something like that. Because then the year after is Harry Potter 5 or Ratatouille. It's so Harry Potter 5. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. That's 100% what it was. Okay. Uh, so we watched G-Force in theaters because all the cool kids watch G-Force in theaters. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's significantly better than Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no question for this competition. Uh, Cowboys and Aliens, pretty, like, uh, for such a fun premise, very boring. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cowboys and Aliens sounds like a great time, but it took itself way too seriously. Yeah, it wasn't, I agree. It, it, it thought it was a real serious action, you know, action drama piece. You know, it wasn't. It should have been goofy and hilarious and ridiculous, and it never was. It should have been like Galaxy Quest, where it was like poking fun at the yeah. Western genre. Yeah, it, 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 it could have been like Toy Story, but with humans, and it would have been awesome. Yep. <laughs> Toy uh, Story, well, they, but they, with they, humans. They that one right up. Love that, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, easy choice here. Uh, bring on the hamsters. All right, we Woo! can move on to the last round here, and that is going to be Vice at the number two seed and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy at the number seven seed. Yeah, so Vice is a uh, another true story. This time a biopic with Dick Cheney, the vice president to the second George Bush. I can't remember his middle initial. Uh, in space, it's just sort of about how he rose to power, um... I, I think it was like, you know, space just followed his life, how he rose to power, how he did the things he did. Um, and he sort of was the, the leader of, even though he wasn't president, he basically held all the power as the, as the vice president. Uh, at least in the movie, you know, wants you to believe that how much of it is true or not is, is up for debate. Um, yeah, it basically just follows Dick Cheney's life. Uh, if you like biopics, you like pol politics or political biopics in particular, you're going to really like, the, really like this one. Um, if not, you're probably going to buy this one. Maybe on the boring side. And then you got Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And if I were trying to explain this one to you, I'd have an aneurysm. 
Uh, I, this movie is ridiculous. I don't know if it follows any cohesive plot. It's basically about Earth blows up, uh, but th- this one man gets saved because uh, of his best friend, who's not a human but an alien, but he doesn't know that, saves him um, by hitchhiking a ride onto the people that blew up Earth, and then they get kicked out of that spaceship, and so then they get picked up by another alien who's best friends with his best friend, and they're both aliens. And on that spacecraft, he meets this girl that he met at a bar once, and they they, they, they clicked really well. But then she left him because this other guy says he has a spaceship. And it goes on from there, and that's only the first 10 minutes. Um, the movie the movie's wild. The movie's long. It's wacky. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but somehow it also makes perfect sense. Um, and it, it really gives a lot of praise to both dolphins and mice. So if you like those animals, you'll probably enjoy this one. Um, <laughs> yeah. I thought this one was pretty fun. I do like how this is the second Sam Rockwell movie to have Galaxy in the title, and they both also star Alan Rickman, which is just sort of a fun aside. This and Galaxy Quest. Yeah, and one of them was good, and one of them wasn't. I, I, I had fun with both of them. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was just a, uh, it, it's a crazy story. It, it goes so many different directions at the same time. Yeah, it's just a wild ride. I think it's if you wild. were doing drugs, you'd have a good time with this movie. Oh man, yeah, if you were if you were real fucked up, I was sober watching it, so yeah. it was uh, a no, uh, the best part of the movie was the first minute when they were like doing like the dolphin, like, interview? The dolphin interview, like about dolphins like being the reason why the Earth is blowing up. Like that, that's hilarious. Like they were like warning us all this time. That's hilarious. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. I this was a fun movie. If I were to describe it more, it'd be fun. This was a fun movie. It was just great. Yeah, I really don't like either. So I will abstain unless you two end up like being a tie then i guess i'll break it but like, I, I really don't know which one i like more like, well where are you leaning here andrea um honestly i think i'm leaning toward device for this one i device? i yeah I i'm kind of close to me on probably if we were looking at this like, objectively vice is the better i yeah. i think that's a better note here <clears throat> yeah uh, it's probably more cohesive it's a legitimate plot it's got solid acting boring and you know yeah. and all but like at least that's that's the one thing hitchhiker's guide to galaxy for sure not boring it's everything else bad, but it's not boring. And Vice is, is most of the other stuff is good, but it's pretty boring. So they're kind of the exact opposite. I can agree with that. Yeah, I just found myself confused a lot with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That I was know, my best. I remember, yeah, so it's based on a book. And yeah. from what, I'm, what I've heard, they didn't do a very good job adapting the book. They clone, mm-hmm. sort of only picked, they didn't have enough time to do all of it. And so they didn't explain like from scene to scene very well. They kind of just sort of sporadically picked moments from the book mm-hmm. that was action-packed, I think. And they, uh, yeah, apparently that's where a lot of it went wrong, why it wasn't super cohesive or made any sense. I feel like if, instead of making a movie, they made like a television show or maybe like a two-part mm-hmm. movie. Uh, maybe it would have been a little better, more make more sense, um, but it didn't. So it was, it was pretty, you really had to pay attention to sort of understand it. Yeah, and uh, the people that have read the book... Do you really like the movie? Like I have a few yeah, friends that I heard read that the book. Too. I remember in high school, yeah. I knew some friends who read the book and they loved the movie. I never watched it yeah. recently though. So uh, unlike Galaxy Quest, where you don't need to watch Star Trek or anything to appreciate the movie, I think this would be one where if you've read the book, definitely check out the movie because I've everybody that has read it really likes the movie. So I think, yeah, I, I think they kind of connect. But we will move Vice on and leave Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in round one here. All right, so there we go. We got Vice moving on, and that is it for the Rockwell region. We'll do mine next. We'll leave the funny one for last. So let's move on to the Brad Pitt region. 
Uh, and the first one we got, uh, let's just do an easy one here. You know, let's, Tristan's crazy or something. We got number one seed, Fight Club, and the number eight seed, World War Z. Uh, you want to explain the movies here quickly, Quentin? Yeah, so uh, Fight Club, if, if you don't know what Fight Club is, uh, first of all, it's crazy because it's, it's a pretty well-known Fincher film. Uh, the first rule is we shouldn't be talking about it, but it's just a film with, with uh, Edward Norton as the lead who... Uh, ends up joining a club with a bunch of guys. Uh, well, he, he forms it with Brad Pitt and, you know, a chaos ensues. A lot of twists and turns through this film, uh, but it's his way of really coping with society and himself. Uh, and it's really more like a journey through his mind and uh, a qu quite an interesting yet crazy film. Uh, and then World War Z, uh, <laughs> quite not an interesting uh, and not that crazy of a film. It's just a zombie flick. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it and like I said to Tristan about Army of the Dead on Pop Topic numerous times, my issue with zombie flicks is if it's over two hours, then there's no reason for it to be over two hours because it's a zombie flick. It should be short and simple, and this is anything but. It's uh, pretty long. Drags. It's definitely drags, uh, and that's my yeah. biggest issue with it. Uh, this one came out, like, right when I think, I want to say it was in grade 8 or 9 when this one came out, and the thing I remember most is the hype leading up for it. This was a movie that everyone at the school, when, do you remember this? I remember you were pretty hyped for this movie, too. Everyone at the school was talking about this movie, and everyone was super hyped for World War Z. This is going to be, like, the big badass movie of the summer. And I think when everyone watched, everyone went collectively, well, that was disappointing. Yeah, I was really excited <laughs> for it. Yeah, everyone was stoked for this movie back in, like, like I said, junior high, high school. Junior high, for sure, for me. You might have been in high school at the time. Everyone was stoked for this one. This was like the big movie of the year that year. Everyone was stoked. The, the zombies were going to be fast and badass, and Brad Pitt was going to lead this crazy action movie. And then what we got was a pretty slow, meandering, too long, um, you know, overproduced zombie movie that just no one really cared for. Yeah, I agree. I had the same feeling where, yeah, we were all really excited for it. I actually got like a whole group of friends. I, were you there, Tristan, when we watched it? No, um, I was not. I think I went and watched yeah. this. It's a couple friends coming out. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Because we did like a four-part viewing experience where we watched four movies back to back to back one day. It was crazy. Uh, and the I big one. I don't think it's part of that. I don't think this is part of that one. No? I think this came out the year before. I don't know you guys did that when you watched Monsters University. But I think I came, came out Yeah, yeah I think it was This is the End, Monsters University, World, uh, World War Z, and, and Man of Steel. Man of Steel? Yeah. But, but maybe, oh, okay. maybe it was right. something else. But anyways, uh... Yeah, and this was like the one that I was super excited for, me and my buddies. And yeah, uh, it's, long, it's long, it's slow, not that great. And uh, on this rewatch, uh, you know, uh, now that I've seen a lot of movies, and I've watched a lot of zombie films in the last month. I've, I don't know, been that zombie vibe. I watched Army of the Dead. I watched Train to Busan. I watched... Uh, uh, Shaun of the Dead. I'll, I'll, I've just been in that zombie mood, and uh, this one might have been the worst. Uh, well, it is the worst. It was not that great. Pretty slow. And surprisingly, this is the one that Brad Pitt pushed for a lot. That's one of the reasons why I picked it. Uh, I had different reasons for all age, but yeah, Brad Pitt really was invested in this film. He was uh, one of his first executive producer roles. He was really stoked for it, and I have no idea why. No, oh, neither do I. But Andrew loved it, though, right, Andrew? Oh, yeah. Biggest fan ever. Uh, no. It was awful. I had actually watched it. I was kind of surprised because I'm not a huge zombie person. And 
don't know, it just dragged and it was slow. And the only thing I really enjoyed was maybe like the last 10 minutes. And that was about it. So it's yeah. a no for me. <laughs> this movie does not seem like one that Andrew would like, if I would have guessed. Yeah. It seems like everything she would not like in a movie. It's yeah. two hours, it's an action movie. So I don't think she's going to like any of that. Yeah, this yeah. movie just isn't that. Yeah, I don't think Andrew liked Let's anything about this. Let's go to the next one. Yeah, so we move on. Yeah, Fight Club moves on. Easy pick. As not this one. All right. And so here we are for the next one. And, uh, you know, I don't want to give my hand away, but I feel like Tristan's going to be the tiebreaker here. But we have at the number four seat, Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. And the number five seat, Burn After Reading. The reason why I put these two up together is because I think these are Brad Pitt's wackiest roles. Like, I think this is where Brad Pitt, he just has fun. He's playing a Jesse James, who is a freaking psychopath. Mm -hmm. uh, he's pretty terrifying. And on the flip side, in Burn After Reading, Brad Pitt might play his kookiest role, this uh, fitness guru who is an absolute riot. Yeah, we're going to have a synopsis. Uh, well, you know, quick syn uh, synopsis. Uh, assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. The, the synopsis is in the title. Yeah. Uh, it's about the assassination of Brad Pitt's character by the coward Robert. You're welcome. That's your synopsis. Uh, and then and Burn Jesse After James Reading. Jesse James is outlaw in the Wild West, in case you want more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More. Yeah, yeah. And Jesse James, yeah, he's an iconic character. Uh, and I think Brad Pitt holds up that iconicness. I felt like he handled the character really well. He was he was terrifying. Like I was freaked out by him. He was great. And then Burn After Reading is like a joke off of the spy espionage genre. Coen's love to do a twist on different genres. And they kind of took the espionage spy and they flipped it around and said, what would happen if a bunch of idiots had all this information? What would happen then? And you got Francis McDormand and Brad Pitt who have all this information and they handle it in the worst way possible. It's just these two buffoons tripping over each other, thinking they're geniuses. Uh, it's a really fun film. Yeah. So, so what are you guys, what are you guys, you guys think you're going to be split here? Yeah. Um, I, I voted for Burn After Reading. Andrea hates this movie. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I think it's super fun. Uh, and if you guys both vote for Jesse James, uh, I'll do a little tribute to my favorite character of possibly like the whole Brad Pitt section, but, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll let you guys go first. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I'm definitely voting the way you said, uh, Jesse James, Brad Pitt was amazing in it. He was really good. He scared the shit out of me and I don't know. I enjoyed it. It was great. Um, on the other hand, Burn After Reading is literally not my thing. I watched it by myself, and I told Quentin it was awful, and you should never watch it. Uh, but in all fairness, Brad Pitt was the best part of that film. Like, I love Frances McDormand, but uh, Brad Pitt was definitely the best part. But, yeah. Brad Pitt is hilarious in that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really like both these. Uh, I enjoyed them both a lot. I am going to have to go with Burn After Reading. Mostly because Assassination of Jesse James is two and a half hours long. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Burn After Reading is a crisp 90 minutes and it's hilarious and action-packed. It's a good time. It's weird. It's wacky and weird. Um, if you like comedies or spy comedies, like, you know, if you're a fan of 
Johnny English and Awesome Powers. I would highly suggest checking this one out. It's weird and silly and very funny. Sassy's Just James is really great. A really, really, really great movie. It's just too long. It's too, too long. Yeah, yeah, the length is my biggest issue, too. Uh, but I will say, uh, since I'm talking about the cinematographer, uh, Jesse James, the cinematography, is gorgeous. It looks, it's, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. It's just too long. It might be, like, in my top 20 best-looking films ever. Like, the, sh- uh, the first shot of them on the rail tracks and the s- silhouette of Jesse James' Brad Pitt uh, with the smoke from the train going around him. As soon as I saw that shot, I was like, oh, Andrea. I instantly was like, this had yeah. to, like, you could just tell because it was so gorgeous. Ah, beautiful looking film. Just, but yeah, you know, too long. And just a fun story about this. So, like, I obviously voted for this, so I like it. So, on Letterboxd, I gave it a four. And a couple days ago, I had some guy comment on my on uh, that review, and he's actually like, are you kidding me? He was mad. I didn't give it five stars, and I gave it four stars. Yeah, come on, Andrew. I thought it was so funny. I was like, what? It's pretty it, good. Have you checked the runtime? It's two and a half hours. <laughs> anything, over, anything over two hours immediately loses a star. There's a <laughs> yeah. principle. Oh, my gosh. That, that's, I'm kidding. It's, that's not true. All right, so we can move on to the next round here. I think this is going to be an obvious one, but we got the number three seed, Tree of Life, against the number six seed, Moneyball. So Tree of Life, uh, for those that haven't seen the film, this is actually, here's my perfect explanation for it. It is the modern 2001 Space Odyssey. I I said it when I first watched it, and I'll say it again. That's literally what it is. It is a visual experience that tries to do a story in the second half of the film that weighs the actual movie down because it just feels like you're looking at cool visuals. It's a gorgeous-looking film that um, isn't really a movie. Like, it's not really a story, um, but it's it's, it's a beautiful-looking experience, just like 2001. I think people that watch that would love this. You know, it's the same thing to me. And people seem to think 2001's like, God's gift to Earth and think this movie's whatever. They're both whatever. You guys are just filled with nostalgia. They're they're both cool-looking movies that don't really have a story. While Moneyball is a true story sports movie where Brad Pitt is like the hiring, is like the casting coach. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is the actual coach. Uh, And then Jonah Hill is kind of like his new apprentice. Really fun movie with a crazy cool concept about sports. That doesn't really look at the actual sport itself, but more of like the stats. And uh, even somebody that doesn't like stats, uh, I actually thought this was really interesting. So I, I liked that. So which one are you going with Moneyball here by the sounds of it? I'm going to go with Moneyball. And I'll, I'll say my hot take right now. This is my favorite sports movie ever. Like, the, I actually think oh, this is a really wow. good movie. Thank, when you said this was going to be an obvious one, and I saw your Tree of Life at number three, I'm like, he doesn't freaking like Tree of Life, no. does he? No, that no. Is, my least favorite movie on this entire list. <laughs> I, I, Tree yeah. of Life absolutely sucks. <laughs> it is a waste of freaking time. It is awful. It is uh-huh. brutal. I've never seen 2001 Space Odyssey, so I cannot comment on that movie or Quentin's comparison to that movie. I've never watched it. But Tree of Life is awful. It is a terrible movie. It is so bad in every way. And Moneyball is delightful. I really, really like Moneyball. It is a sport movie, but it most definitely feels more like a like Wall Street or Wolf of Wall Street yeah. or Big Short, more like an economics movie than a sport movie because there's very little baseball and it's all about numbers 
and the mathematics and the numbers and how the numbers add up and how numbers are. So it feels almost more like a, a finance movie than a, than a sport movie, which I really enjoy uh, more than sport movies. Gwen Stacy's favorite sport movie is probably top three for sure. I don't know if it's quite number one for me, um, but it's one of the best sport movies for sure. I love Moneyball. I really, really, really like Moneyball. Yeah, yeah, Moneyball is great. Uh, and then I'm sure Angel will touch on this too, but I really like the emotional part of Moneyball where he was casted to be an athlete, but you know, sometimes you just don't have it, but they told him, Hey, they told him the line that they say to every single person, Hey, we, we see it in you. You got the, you, you got the gift just because he looks the part of an athlete. And that's why he's so against what the system has become because it literally ruined his life. Uh, and so I thought the emotional aspect of how like his life is ruined by this. And so he kind of wants to go against status quo and he wants to actually hire like statistically on the page. Who's the yeah. best? Uh, I, I don't like, like, like that, but my favorite part, though, also another emotional sort of tie. This is at the very end of the movie um, was when Jonah Hill's character, when Brad Pitt's character was real sad because he lost the season. Spoiler alert, I guess. Um, and, and Jonah Hill's character shows him the video of 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 his of Jonah Hill's hero, the man who always makes it the first base, the big fat guy who always always makes it the first base, right? But he'll never run to second. He always makes it the first. And he shows him the video, and he decides to run to second. Then he trips and falls, and it's his worst nightmare. Then the ball flies six feet over the fence, and he, you know he, yeah. he hit a home run. He had no idea. Everyone else knew except for him. And it's kind of showing, reflected how no Brad Pitt kept saying, "If we don't win, it doesn't matter. If we don't win, it doesn't matter." But then here we are, 15 years later, and they have a movie based upon that. No one knows who won that season. They don't even tell you at the end of the movie who wins that season. They don't do it on purpose. It didn't actually matter who won, right? Brad Pitt's character hit a ball 60 feet over the fence. And he didn't even know it. I really like that scene at the yeah. end there when he showed him the clip of his hero hitting the ball six feet over the fence. I like that part a lot. No, I agree. I thought the whole movie, uh, the, all the yeah. characters, uh, the screenplay, uh, if you guys don't know, it's the same screenplay writer as Social Network. So you know the screenplay. Uh, I didn't know that, great. but the screenplay was great. Yeah. That and so maybe that's another reason why I think this is the best sport movie ever. I think when they have uh, Aaron Sorkin sit down and write a script as beautiful as this, uh, they got some catchy lines, some good one-liners. It's great. It's so good. I, I think Jonah Hill is awesome, too. I really like Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill is amazing. Yeah, Jonah Hill is amazing. This movie is awesome. I like one yeah. a lot. What's your thoughts, Andrea? Um, I was just going to say, uh, second what Tristan said about Tree of Life, it was not my thing either. Terrible. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't a fan. <laughs> and then, and then uh, Moneyball. <clears throat> Like Quentin said, I really like the emotional part. Basically, how like he kind of just got screwed over by the system, and you know, then he wanted to go against the system and try to find a new way to make a team. And yeah, I think that yeah, this is definitely be like one or number two for sports movies for me personally. Yeah, um, one of my favorite moments is when he first hires Jonah Hill. Well, right before he does, what makes him hire him? is he asked Jonah Hill if he would have casted him, like if he would have drafted him. Yeah. And Jonah Hill's like, oh, well, I don't know. I need to know the numbers or whatever. He's like, come on, you know, would you have drafted me? And he's like, no, I wouldn't have. And I think that made Brad Pitt realize he's the guy I want them because he knows what yeah. to actually look for because he shouldn't have been drafted. Like he holds that over himself. So I thought that was a really cool moment for both of those characters. Uh, just, yeah, just a fun movie that's not really about sports, but it's still a sports movie. Yeah, there's very, very little baseball in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, to touch back on Tree of Life, as soon as we watched it, as soon as we watched it, I turned to Andrew and I went, Tristan's going to hate this movie. 
Oh, Tree of Life? Yeah. yeah. It was awful. It was as so soon bad. as we watched it, the first thing I said to her was, he is going to hate this. Oh, yeah. I, I knew you would have. This was a movie that I, I, I got up early that day, and I finished Assassination of Jesse James. So I had half of it left to finish, right? I got up at like, like 7 o'clock, right? And at that point, it was like 9 o'clock, and I had to mow the lawn. I'm like, it's a little early to mow the lawn. I don't want to wake my neighbors up. So I was going to watch the movie instead, and I've watched Tree of Life. Halfway through the movie, I pause. He goes, I'd rather mow the lawn. I got to mow the lawn because I thought it was more enjoyable. And I'm like, I guess I'll go finish that movie. Then I came down and finished the movie. Uh, this movie, it, I would rather mow the lawn than watch that movie. It was so bad. Oh, that's so funny. And to be fair, I still think like Cowboys and Aliens is way worse than this. Uh, no, quit, 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 quit. You don't understand. It has Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, there's definitely movies I strongly dislike. Like, I think Patterson's worse. Like, the movies that are just painfully boring. This one, like, had cool-looking stuff. But, uh, yeah, honestly, especially the last half. I thought the last half was painfully boring when they actually tried to do a story. At least I thought the first half just looked nice. Uh, and the score was beautiful. The thing I hated the most was how much they always zoomed right up to people's faces. Way too uncomfortable to zoom up to people's faces. And then you just randomly hear a voice over over top of it. And you just saw their, their face in the movie. You just hear a voice over over top and that bugged me so much. It's like ASMR, and I really don't like ASMR. bothers me for some reason. And it was like that for like the first half of the movie. It zoomed way too close to people's faces, uncomfortably close. And then you hear it's like, one day my daughter died. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, why are they just talking? Why is this a random creepy voiceover over a zoomed up person's face? It was awful. They should do a zoomed up of your face and do like a little voiceover of like, why the fuck am I watching this movie? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> I'd rather mow the lawn. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything you want to say about your life before we move on, Andrea? Nope. It was painful. Yeah. So there's nothing really to say about it. Is it your is it your least favorite of the thirty two as well? I don't know if it was my least favorite, but it definitely falls in the bottom five. That's fair. All right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's for sure bottom five. No <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, it, it'd be close to my bottom five. I, I don't know. I, I'd have to actually map out my bottom five. But uh, we can move on to the last two for Brad Pitt. We have the number two seed, Inglorious Bastards, and the number seven seed, 12 Years of Slave. Oh. Touch back on the last two, Tree of Life and Moneyball. I put those two together because they came out the same year. So I thought that'd be interesting to see what was oh. Brad Pitt's best film for that year. No question. It's a, it yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't yeah. really much of a question, yeah. Uh, and then I put Tree of Life above it on the seating. Just to mess with Tristan. I wanted to. I was wondering. Yeah. I don't know. You kind of see the movie that you'd be like, it was so deep and touching <laughs> and it was so beautifully shot. And I loved it. I'm like, no, this movie sucks in every way. I love his impression of I just came out enjoying Moneyball and not like in Tree of Life. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I love Tristan's impression of me. I uh, know. That was me for Francis Hall, but not this. Uh, th this wasn't deep. Well, it wasn't black and white. That's true, yeah. If it wasn't black and white, that would have changed it. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Glorious Bastards at 12 Years a Slave. We got the final two here. Uh, and yeah, for those that don't know, uh, I think both of them are pretty well-known films, actually. Yeah, pretty well-known. Yeah, so I don't need to t touch too much on it. Uh, Glorious Bastards is a Quentin Tarantino film, you know, about Nazi Germany, and, you know, it's just his take on the war. And 12 Years a Slave is a Best Picture winner. That came out in, I believe, 2012, 2013, maybe. Both of them are pretty crazy stories. Uh, one of them's a comedy. One of them is definitely a drama. 
Uh, and yeah, so not funny at all. Yeah, yeah, one of them not funny in the slightest. Uh, and the reason why I picked 12 Years a Slave, Brad Pitt is barely in it. But I wanted to pick a film. First of all, I wanted to pick one that he actually won an Oscar for. Uh, and we already discussed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And he won an Oscar for this since he was the executive producer. And it won Best Picture. He won an Oscar for it. A thing that people don't really talk about is Brad Pitt lately is an executive producer. Like He produces a lot of big films that we see, uh, including Minari that came out this year. Uh, there's so many films that he's uh, been a producer for. I can quickly check here. But I wanted to pick a film that kind of represented that side of Brad Pitt because I feel like people don't really talk about him much. But he's a like if I see a movie that he's an executive producer for, I'm going to start getting excited for it because he's really good. He was an executive producer for Moonlight, The Departed, Minari, 12 Years a Slave, World War Z. Yeah, World War Z. Uh, a favorite of mine, Kajillionaire. Yeah, he's just been an executive producer for a lot of relatively big films. A Beautiful Boy that Andrew's excited for. Uh, Okja, which is a Bon Joon Ho film. So yeah, he's just, that's been his like career in the last mm-hmm. 10 years, really. And so I wanted to pick a movie that he's in, so it counts. But we can more so touch on that. I'm going to pick Inglourious Bastards. I like it slightly more because it's more enjoyable. It's not so like depressing yeah. and intense and that's what i was gonna say because i think this one for sure for the first round competition i think this is the highest i think this one they're both really 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 good movies 12 years say it's best picture winner for a reason um and a super touching film yeah um inglorious bastards is more fun if i like if i were to rewatch one i'd be picking glorious bastards almost every time like, yeah. it's such a fun movie they both have something to say in 12 years Slave probably has more to say but a uh Glorious Bastards makes you laugh while doing it, and I always respect that. And it's my favorite Tarantino movie, I think, although I love most of Tarantino's movies, so uh, it's pretty tough competition. So I'll be just like, I've never seen it before until this list. It's one of those movies always my mom watches and never got around to watching it, so I'm super excited to, to watch it for this list here. Um, so I was surprised to see that these two put together because they're both, they could both have made it to the semifinals, really. Yeah, I, I put them both here because... I kind of just want to touch on 12 Years of Slave, but I didn't really want this to be like deep into the podcast because it's really like, you know. Like it's, it's, it's a tough movie. It, 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 well, yeah, it's a, it's a touching film. Uh, it is more fun, and I probably do prefer, as a movie, it's got like comedy, enjoyable films. Um, it also Brad Pitt in a lot more. You know, he, yeah. he's much more of a crucial character. 12 Years of Slave, he really comes in for like the last 10 minutes, and yeah. just, he just comes in and ends the movie in it. So, yeah, well, you know even I mean? that, yeah, Brad Pitt is in it for like five minutes maybe 10 and it's a two and a half yeah. hour movie like he's barely in it i i thought he was i didn't like i said never seen the movie before i foolishly i thought he was like another one of the slave owners so i thought man i must have a long time to go here if he still has to go to right. whoever at pitt's farm is you know what i mean i i, I and then he showed up and he wasn't a slave owner yeah. oh i see so i'm close to yeah yeah but yeah he, he showed up right in I'll go for Glorious Bastards move on, but 12 Years Slave is also a favorite. Yeah, 12 Years Slave is my second favorite Best Picture winner of the 2010s. Like, it's a great film. Uh, yeah, with you. Glorious Bastards is my favorite Tarantino film. I had a blast watching it. Uh, so I'll pick that one just because for a Brad Pitt movie, this is the best Brad Pitt movie of the two. Uh, but 12 Years a Slave, uh, w- if you haven't seen it, it's a must-watch. Even though You'll probably only watch it once in your life because you only need to watch it once. Yeah. But yeah, you definitely have to watch it. It's an extremely powerful film. What do you got to say here, Andrea? <laughs> First, I was going to say, like, how dare you put these two together? Because, yeah, like, I agree again with Tristan that this is probably the tightest one for me, too. I love both of these films, and I was excited to 
Well, okay, I don't know if I was exactly excited <laughs> to be watching Inglorious Bastards, but I was really exci excited for 12 Years a Slave. Ah, uh, so I don't know, this is a tough one for me. Ah, uh, but I'm probably, I'm probably gonna go with Inglorious Bastards. There are just so many good scenes and it was so funny. It was my first Tarantino film ever, like I've ever watched. Uh, so it was a whole experience for me. Yeah, I've only seen three of his. So we're going to start watching them all because I own most yes. of them. If you like, like the Coen Brothers sort of action comedy stuff, you'd probably really like Inglorious Bastards, I would think. I mean, like Tarantino in general. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I, really, I think so. really matches the, the, the comedic action stuff where it's over the top. And I put these two together. I know it's tough, uh, but I didn't want like two Oscar movies to make it deep. And they were the only two nominated for Best, o for best Picture. I was trying to like break, break it off. So now the top four for Brad Pitt are like different types of films. I was trying to keep them different. Even though I believe they are all... No, that's true. So we can move on to the final region here. Uh, we can finally just take a deep breath, have some laughs, because we have the Will Ferrell section. This is a very serious one. This is movie madness. There is no time for yeah, laughter. Yeah, there is no laughter among, among us. All right, so we got the first round here. Uh, the first seeding, we have Elf. In the eighth seed, we have Stranger Than Fiction. So, Andrew, do you want to give you a brief summary of them? No, you do it. Oh, well, you can, <laughs> no. Give like a one sentence each. No, I'm not good at doing the. You guys are both good, and I'm not. Nope. All right, Come yeah. on. The only way you better is practice, you're in. Come on. This is good. Give us a one word description for both. Like, describe elf in one word. Elf in one word? Yeah. Elf. <laughs> That's the worst description ever. You're right. You're horrible at this. I told you. Wait, how would you describe Stranger Than Fiction in one word? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stranger Than Fiction. Non-fiction? Um, I don't know. Weird. Weird. <laughs> weird. I think you can describe all of the movies in this region with that word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could, well for seven of them, you could say comedy. There you it's go. True. Yeah. Which, one, no, which one's not the comedy? Stranger Than Fiction. That was totally, it was totally a rom-com, right? Kidding me? I guess. I feel like they, it was more, I, it felt very like... Truman Show-esque where like yeah. it, I guess it's like some jokes but it's like trying to be more like a drama like a character it's a little study. more serious but it's definitely a rom-com yeah yeah I would say it's the most serious of all of them but yeah I, I guess mm -hmm. there's still some comedy it's most definitely funny do I describe these ones Trist? sure uh, Elf I'm assuming you guys have all seen Elf if not how dare you it is a, uh, a Christmas movie about a human who happens to make his way to Santa's workshop when he's a baby. And so one of the elves decides to adopt him and raise him as his own. And then when he's a full-grown adult, he realizes he doesn't quite fit in with the elves. And so Santa tells him he has an actual human father in New York City. And so he goes on a magical adventure to find his father. We realize his father isn't quite a nice, young, isn't quite a nice man. And they, uh, to the spirit of Christmas, he changes his father and his, fan and his father's family's lives forever. And he uh, you know, rekindles his relationship with his father. Stranger than Fiction, uh, a little stranger of a film here. It's about Will Ferrell's character uh, starts hearing this random narration in his head. He just starts hearing someone narrating things in his head. And then you know, he finds out that he's part of someone's book that they're writing. And they, uh, he has to find the author of the book before the author inevitably kills him. Because she says uh, she said earlier in the book that he, she, he's going to die. And so he realizes that he's going to die. So I find who the author is and get her to change her mind and not kill him before time's up. And I, I was really disappointed when I saw Andrew together because I really like both of the, 
Oh, I've wow. never seen Stranger Than Fiction before, uh-huh. but I thought it was awesome. I thought it was such a fun concept of the movie. Uh, he was like a character in someone's book, and everything was pre-written for him. Uh, I thought it was so much fun. And Elf is just a Christmas classic. I also want to watch every year at Christmas time. I, love, I really like both of these movies. Yeah, I can't speak for Andrea, but I really didn't like Stranger Than Fiction. It you felt didn't like so Stranger Than Fiction? Dumb. It was so fun. I liked, I liked the first 20 minutes. Like, I do, like... Uh, I'm glad that you put these two together, because they are kind of like yin and yang of each other where elf is like a movie that doesn't really have that promising of a premise but it is pulled off perfectly while stranger than fiction has an extremely interesting premise and a story that i was super stoked to watch i just think the direction and this like the story itself is handled so poorly i think the last half with the writer and like how like she gets involved is thrown in so randomly and like really dumb I, I didn't really like it at all, but like I don't hate it. I, I just think it's like you weird. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> His face. <laughs> um, for me, Elf is my favorite Christmas movie, and I absolutely love it. I think Will Ferrell is hilarious. He was the perfect person to play this role, and. Well, I can't wait till we do the Christmas madness bracket. Me and Tristan can outvote you for four Christmases. Yeah, Whoa. 100%. No, no. This is my second favorite Christmas of all time. A solid Whoa. second place, but it's not. <laughs> and then, and then uh, Stranger Than Fiction, I don't know. Like, it was okay. It wasn't really my thing. I don't know. I didn't really like Will Ferrell in it as much. Um, but the concept was really cool, like Quentin said. And... I don't know. I was really hoping that I I would like it more than I did. Yeah, I can't let no one hear like Stranger Than Fiction. I like that movie a lot. I mean, I'm still going for Elf. I think Elf a phenomenal movie. I think Elf's so, so good. But uh, yeah, I like Stranger Than Fiction a lot. I think Stranger Than Fiction is awesome. Well, since Stranger Than Fiction is out, I'm just curious, like, of the eight, we already put it for Will Ferrell. Let's see. I put it below that. Probably above, above. That's tough. Man, there's a lot of movies here I like. Yeah, it's it's looking like it'll probably be five, I would think. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe six, five or six. Like this and a uh, stepbrother that come up later are pretty, are pretty. Like, I, don't, I don't really know. Yeah, I, I, this would be my number seven. I, I, don't, I don't love it. I don't hate it, though. I'm for sure putting this. No, I'll probably put this five. Yeah, I'll probably say this one. And, and to be fair, uh, I don't really hate any of the Will Ferrell movies. I think they're all super fun. And at worst case scenario, it was 90 minutes of not that funny jokes. That, yeah, that's, exactly. yeah, like, you know, compared to Cowboys and Aliens, uh, we got much lower bars. But yeah. uh, here we got at number... All these movies are masterpieces. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number four, we have the Lego movie. And at number five seed, we have Step Brothers. So what are you guys thinking of these two? Do you want to give a synopsis of these two, Andrew? What's your explanation for these? <laughs> oh, why do you got this? We didn't get a rewatch Lego movie, though. Oh, so you don't know? You don't, you don't remember it? <laughs> I do, but not good enough to give a synopsis. Oh. Can you give one for uh, Step Brothers? Uh, I guess. Okay, so for Step Brothers, uh, there's... See, I'm not good at doing this. Um, basically... Um, the two brothers' parents fall in love and they end up moving into the same house and they like literally 
hate each other. They cannot stand each other. And it's hilarious. And then finally they decide that they want to like kind of try to work together. And they just end up ruining their parents' like relationship altogether. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And Lego movies about Legos. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a movie. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Yeah, and we don't really need to give snops for a Lego movie. I'm pretty sure everyone has seen that. If you haven't, you suck. I love the Lego movie. <laughs> yeah. Step Brothers is great and all, but Lego movie is where my heart is. I'm totally about Lego movie here. I think Lego movie is phenomenal. I absolutely love it. I think it's hilarious. I like all the characters. I love all the culture references. Lego movie's got my vote 100%. Yeah. Yeah, Lego Movie definitely has my votes because I think as a whole, the entire movie's great. Yeah, uh, Step Brothers, the, the first half is pretty fun seeing the two of them try to get along and stuff. But my God, the second half where uh, the guy from Parks and Rec and his wife, when they become important characters to the story, it is painfully horrible. But John C. Riley and the wife of the Parks and Rec guy, the, the wife... Starts having like an affair with John C. Riley. I hate that. I, it, it's stupid. <laughs> They're like making animal noises, and that's supposed to be funny. Uh, everything about that is painful, and I hate it. Uh, so the last half sucks. Yeah, it's one of those comedies. And a lot of comedies fall into this trap where like, the first half real funny. Yeah. And the second half, they try to focus more on the plot, and it just kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, where Lego Movie is just a delight from surface. Yeah. Like if the whole yeah. movie was them building bunk beds and rubbing their ball sacks on drums. That would have been great. Yeah. That, that's what I, I want. Get, I get mad because the other guy got Hulk hands for Christmas and he didn't. Yeah. Like, that's what I, I want like for an that's hour. That's what I want. Yeah. I do not need uh, animal noises. Uh, no. Yeah. The fucking Catalina wine mixer was a big disappointant. So <laughs> yeah. sad. Yeah. What about you, Andrew? I know she I'm... was disappointed in Step Brothers, too. No, I was. Um, yeah. Even though it's a little blurry, I still am going to vote for a Lego movie. Just because I remember really liking how everything tied together at the end. And how everything ended up kind of making sense. Uh, so yeah, that's where my vote's falling. Alright. So we have the number three seed Anchorman against the number six seed Zoolander. What's yeah. your synopsis, Andrew? You've seen both of these recently. Um, Anchorman is about Will Ferrell being an Anchorman to the most popular news station, and then them trying to bring in a woman to the station. He's not really for it, but he ends up, like, falling for and then their relationship ends up falling apart and he gets fired because he cusses on air and she becomes really successful. But then at the end, obviously, Will Ferrell comes back and saves the day. Good description. <laughs> what about Zoolander? Oh, you do Zoolander. Uh, ben Stiller is a fashion icon, and then there is the next icon, Owen Wilson, who's coming to dethrone him. So then we got him desperate to uh, become the next big face again. He needs to keep his title, so Ben Stiller works with Will Ferrell because uh, he's got this wacky, crazy premise where he's going to mind control these models because they're so dumb, and he can control them to kill his targets. So, Boom. There you go. It's like a fashion comedy with like a bit of like hijinks. 
Yeah, I haven't seen Zoolander probably so long as I haven't seen Seven Psychopaths, so it's been a while. But from my memory, these are my two least favorite in this entire division. I, I, no! I don't really get rid of them. No! Although I like Anchorman more, because Anchorman had at least a couple funny jokes that I did enjoy. Um, particularly when Jack Black shows up, it's absolutely hilarious. That scene alone makes the whole movie for me. And then Steve Carell's character is also the absolute part. So uh, it has some good moments and some. Uh, the ensemble cast in Anchorman is great. It's got a phenomenal cast. It's like a who's who of comedy back in the 2000s. So Anchorman's for sure better than Zoolander in my mind, but it didn't, didn't help me to one. I actually uh, liked both of them more than I thought I did going in. Obviously, I've seen these before as a kid, uh, but going in, they both kind of went up a bit for my taste and what I liked. Uh, I remember hating Zoolander, and on this rewatch, I think it's good. I think it's got some funny jokes, and I appreciate a lot of like the, you know, like little like side humors. Mo- like I think the physical comedy of Ben Stiller's face is hilarious. He always makes these wacky faces, and it's really good. Um, so mostly it's just Ben Stiller's performance that makes it so much fun for me. Uh, the script is whatever, the story's stupid, uh, but Ben Stiller, this might be one of his best performances. That's fucking wild. He's so much fun. Uh, but Anchorman, I remember thinking it's pretty great. I think it's really good. I, I, I have a good time with it. I think some of the jokes do not age well at all anymore. Like it starts getting a little too sexist in the middle, but I think Steve Carell, I Love a Lamp is such a fun scene. Me and Andrew were cracking up at I Love Lamp. And then, of course, Jack Black kicking the dog off the bridge. Might be the biggest laugh you got out of me during all 32 of these movies. Like, I freaking died. It was so funny. Yeah, that part's amazing. It's so comedic. That part makes the whole movie. Uh, I don't think the rest of the movie is all that funny, but that part alone, that part is single. It's so funny. It's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, so I definitely voted for Anchorman of the two. I, I think I think they're both good, though. I would disagree that they're the worst of the eight. What's your thoughts, Andrew? And for me, um, I honestly, I really like Anchorman. I think it's funny. I like the comedy in it, and yeah, that's where that's where my vote is going. And then when we watched rewatched Zoolander. I don't know. I I didn't think that I liked it that much, like when I watched it the first time. But you know, when I rewatched it, wasn't that bad. It was middle of the road for me. But Anchorman is definitely way better in my opinion. Yeah, I liked it way more than Andrew. Yeah. The uh, the Center for Ants. I I had a good laugh at it, and I looked at Andrew, and she had like the most deadpan face ever. It, it was pretty great. The Center for Ants is the only part I remember, and I love it. Yeah, it is great. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so we can move on to the final matchup here for the first round, and that is going to be Megamind at the number two seed and Old School for the seventh seed. Uh, and Tristan, how dare you say Zoolander and Anchorman are the worst of the Will Ferrell section when Old School exists? You don't that, like Old School? That movie sucks. <laughs> I hate Old School. So I'm really? not even going to discuss it. I'm voting for Megamind. I mean, I'm going for Megamind 2, and Megamind's a freaking masterpiece, but uh, old, school, old school's fun. Yeah, I hate it. Uh, what's your thoughts, Andrea? I mean, clearly I'm voting for Megamind as well, because it's one of the best animations ever, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, old, old school is just, like, whatever as well. I just remember You're My Boy Blue. <laughs> You're My Boy Blue. I love that. <laughs> favorite part 
Yeah, I uh, I think him getting drunk and running naked on the streets, I, like that's like his biggest running joke, literally running. Uh, I didn't think it was very funny. Uh, and then the main story slash comedic storyline is that the main character is sleeping with like an underage girl and that's like the biggest slapstick knee slapper you've seen in film according to the producers of this. I don't know. I, I didn't laugh at all. I thought it was boring and stupid but it's it's fine <laughs> all right so mega man moves on and we're done mega man not mega man we keep saying that we're excited uh we're done the first round all right there we go so we can yeah i feel like now we'll be picking up we've already discussed we've already you know, summarized the movies first round was way longer than the rest of the podcast absolutely yeah. oh my gosh yeah yes. so if you're if you guys are freaking out we well, guys already know the length of the podcast because guys are looking at it but, uh, you know, we don't need to describe the movies anymore. It's pretty long. So, like, man, it's like 11 o'clock already. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we can go into round two here. Back to Adam Driver. We have Marriage Story against Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, the two movies on this list, I think they're the two that made Andrew cry. So look at that. <laughs> wow. Thanks for telling everyone I cried to The Force Awakens. Thanks. I don't know, you were not the only person who cried The Force Awakens. There were several fully grown men crying to that one, right? Um, well, I watched this with Welling for the first uh, the first time I watched it. I watched it in a theater with Welling, and he cried. Oh. What are you talking about? I'm not going to cry to either one of these ones. Uh, I don't know if I cry. None of these movies are really all sounds. Oh, my gosh. I cry every time at Marriage Story. That film yeah, is yeah, yeah. Marriage Story. It's one of the saddest films so ever. Sad. The last scene is what gets to me. Uh, I watched it twice. The first time I watched it, I cried at the uh at the middle section and then i cried at the ending obviously but then the second time i thought halfway through i was like oh actually uh it's, it's not that sad anymore i guess on a rewatch it's not too bad but uh, no <laughs> the ending got me the ending is so depressing and sad and beautiful uh so for me i'm gonna vote for mary story of the it two doesn't have lightsabers quentin yeah, that's true. Yeah, it doesn't have lightsabers. Uh, I'm voting for Mary's story. Uh, I'm curious as to which one Andrea prefers because I know she really likes both of them. Uh, I mean, honestly, as much as I like The Force Awakens, I, I think my vote is definitely going to Marriage Story. It's definitely my favorite Adam Driver performance ever. Um, I don't think anything else really tops that. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Tristan, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I already said how, yeah, Force Awakens is fun and all, but it's my least favorite of the trilogy, I think, or mm-hmm. that or episode eight. I, I, I didn't love uh, episode seven, where Marriage Story, I think, is an absolute masterpiece, and it's phenomenal. Um, all the performances in it are so good, so Marriage Story, for sure, there's no question. All right, and uh, speaking of no question, uh, Tristan's going to be a bit conflicted for this next matchup, but we got <laughs> but we got Francis Ha and Black Klansman. I'm going Black Klansman because it's amazing. Uh, both leads have fantastic performances. It's a really interesting and unique story. It's a true story. It's got a uh, it's crazy. It's it's wild. It's just a real dark side of America and a. Uh, it's too lead to a. Uh, it's awesome. I think the movie's phenomenal. Uh, and Francis High is a piece of shit. <laughs> All right, Andrew. Well, which way are you leading? Um, you know, last round, Tristan kind of convinced me that you know. Well, I mean, and it's true that Adam Driver is hardly in Francis High, and as much as I love it, uh, Black Klansman is really good as well, and Adam Driver is more of a character in that. So I think I'm going to do Black Klansman. 
Yeah, I do love both. Uh, to me, they're actually a toss-up. I think they're both kind of neck-to-neck for my second favorite mm-hmm. Driver film. I really love both of them. Uh, but I might prefer Fritz Ha more, but I think Black Klansman... ridiculous. I'm giving Black Klansman the vote because Adam Driver is a huge character in this. It might be my favorite Adam Driver performance. I think he's really fun in this. He's I have hilarious. a blast. Uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, similar to like 12 Years a Slave, uh, it's hard to really push forward a film that is so not about the person that we're discussing. So I'm going to vote for Black Klansman as well. That was pretty easy. That was a pretty easy round there. We're already done Adam Sam Rockwell. What's the fast that one? Yeah, see? Uh, yeah. Flies by. Um, we got three billboards for seven psychopaths. Yep. That's right, and we have, uh, it's a showdown between Martin McDowell films. Which Martin McDowell film is going to move forward since he directed both? Um, I'll go first, because I think this is, I think, I, I think I'm going to go against the curve here. For me, it's actually not even that close. I'm voting for Seven Psychopaths. I think Seven Psychopaths was the biggest surprise of these films. I love it. I want to watch it already. Three Billboards is really good, but this is my third time watching it, and maybe it's because it's my third but I'm actually like loving it a little less and less each time. I still really like it, but Seven Psychopaths to me feels like almost a perfect film. Like I think it's super fun. I love all seven of the characters and how they interconnect and how clever the script is. So I'm going to go for that. Yeah, I feel like maybe I should have given Seven Psychopaths a rewatch, uh, but based on the information I have and I know, I feel like I'm going to be agreeing with Andrew here and voting against and going for Three Billboards. Uh, I, I love Three Billboards. I love all the performances of the three leads. Mm-hmm. I the story is based on a true story. I think that's I think it's a pretty wild true story. Um, I, I just really like the movie in general. It's, well, it's one of my favorites of the year. I gotta go with three billboards. Right, look at that, you just gotta break the tie. Well dang, I hate breaking ties. Uh, both of these films are great. Uh, we didn't actually rewatch three billboards, but like, I don't know, what have we seen in it like in the last year? Well, in fairness, I rewatched when I did my McDormand did. marathon. Without yeah. me, yeah. <laughs> well, we watched it when you guys were over here, but I guess it was almost a year ago now. Yeah, it's been forever. But, I mean, I I don't know. I think I'm going to go with Seven Psychopaths. Oh. I really loved it when I watched it, and I loved how it all connected, and I love that it was all because they stole this little dog that all this craziness happened wow i really thought she was picking billboards what, what yeah i'm shocked uh not to the point or anything just shocked i i, I guess i really have to give sense like about a rewatch um i was really wanting to that's one for sure i just want to rewatch i just never got around to it yeah i, I want to buy it on blu-ray this is like near the top of my list for yeah. movies i want to buy like i really really like it yeah um, and sam rockwell was so good in it yeah, he's great in both, though. Like, both yeah. of these movies might be his best performances, except yeah. for, you know, arguably Jojo Rabbit. Uh, they're my three favorite. Whoa, 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 whoa. Or arguably G-Force. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, you know, it's hard for me to say it's the best performance when it's a voice performance. Uh, yeah, voice acting doesn't get enough credit, but that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Um, but wow, uh, honestly, uh, I don't care what happens for the rest of this bracket. I'm shocked. I thought for sure I was going to lose to billboards when I saw the format. Uh, wow, I'm so happy. All right, so we got the next matchup here. Uh, I swear, it doesn't set this up, so G-Force is going to move on because we got G-Force versus Vice. Uh, both very similar, where uh, Sam Rockwell is... Uh, he does not look like Sam Rockwell. Uh, one of them, he looks like a president. One of them, he looks like a, like a hamster. 
Uh, he looks like a hamster on both of them, really. Uh, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm going for G-Force for sure. Uh, Vice is good and all. Vice, Vice is, a, you know, it, it's a good story. Now. It's just, it's a little boring, a little long, uh, real political. And it's not like a super interesting time in politics. It's kind of just like the past 20 years. You know what I mean? It was pretty recent. But G-Force is this crazy story of hamsters saving the world from a... From a Robot rising up, you know, robot apocalypse thing. It was crazy. G-Force all the way. I'm with you too, Tristan. Uh, I'm voting for G-Force because, uh, you know, only one of them bored me to death and it was not G-Force. And let's just make this unanimous and I'm going to vote for G-Force's ever yes. as well. I mean, <laughs> those hamsters were too cute. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it this. G-Force, is it the only film? Oh, no, no, it's not. I was going to say, is it the only film that's won both times unanimously so far? But uh, Mayor's Story has as well, so. Oh, yeah. Well, G-Force is just sleeping here so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got uh, we got the Brad Pitt region here. Fight Club versus Burn After Reading. Oh, man, it kills me. This is, well... It, it doesn't. It's not that tight. It's just hard for me to vote against a Cohen film because I do really like both these films, um, but I really, really like Fight Club. Uh, I watched it for the first time. Man, when when was I think the first time I saw this was in I want to say February. Like it was pretty yeah, recently. Was long yeah, because we did the best, our favorite film of each year since we've been alive. When we did that podcast with me and Welling. Actually, we did that in September, actually. It was a while ago. So I probably watched Fight Club in, like, November because I watched it pretty recently after because you were recommending it on the podcast because I didn't yeah, see it Yeah, it was then. my favorite of the year. Yeah. And so I ended up watching it for the first time, and I've seen it four times since then. So four times since yeah, November. I've only seen it once total. But I, oh, okay. I, I really like Fight Club. I like Fight Club a lot. Um, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm really obsessed with it. But uh, it, two of the times was, like, with commentary, to, like, listen to the commentaries oh, with it. Cool. I like commentary. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. They pointed out a lot of things I didn't notice on the other two, two times I picked up on it. And uh, I do want to do like a just a normal rewatch and notice like the subtle hints that they have throughout. And uh, Burn After Reading, like, I'm going to vote for Fight Club, so I'm sure it's moving on. Uh, so I do want to do a shout out to the character I was hinting at before with Burn After Reading. I love George Clooney's character. It's my favorite George Clooney performance I think he is so much fun. I actually think I like him more than the Brad Pitt character. He is so much fun. Every time he enters a room, he points at the floor and he's like, oh, mahogany? Or like, oh, is this brown oak? Like he like always comments on the type of wood for the floor. Like he has like, he has these little shticks. All the characters are so quirky. Yeah. 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 All the characters are great. But like he has so many weird little shticks that are so funny. Another thing that he has is he needs to run exactly 10 kilometers or something. Like, he has to run, like, an absurd amount of kilometers, right, uh, every day. Or after sex, sorry. After sex, he always has to run 10 kilometers, right? That's how he, like, that's just his system. And so he had sex with uh, Tilda Swinton's character, and she drops him off at a park. And he's like, okay, so how far am I 10 kilometers to your house? Because I'm going to be running to your house. She's like, oh, you're about 10 kilometers. He's like, no, Tilda, I need exact numbers here. It's not about 10 kilometers. If it's under 10, I cannot run it. Is it 10? She's like, it's 10.2. It's He's like, oh, thank goodness. Tilda, you almost killed me here. If it was less than 10, I, I couldn't even fathom. Like, he's so absurd. He is so much fun. And then the fact that he always quickly draws the gun is like a foreshadow to the fate of, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 t the titular character that we're talking about. Um, 
I am obsessed with George Clooney. He is so much fun. Uh, just the constant mannerisms. And because of the like little jokes they do with him, it like you subconsciously like understand what's going on. Like one scene, you're like, oh, well, did he end up sleeping with Frances McDormand or not? And then the next scene, you see him running. It's to show that he just banged her off screen, right? Like they do little things that hint throughout the film because you pick up on it. I think this is Cohen's at, like, it's not like in their top five, but it's like Pete Cohen's. I had a blast. But yeah, I'm voting for Fight Club. Yeah, Fight Club's moving up. We're not rating is a really fun, it's a really great time. Yeah, I'm sure Andrew's thrilled to vote against it. Woo woo! Yeah, you know where my vote's already going. It's going to Fight Club 100%. Yeah, yeah do you have anything fun to say about Fight Club? Anything good to add? I just really like it. If you what? haven't seen it, oh. like, please watch it because the twist is phenomenal. I did have this theory. I don't know if I told you, Tristan, but do they have that be like, like, that's like the tagline of the film. We like, don't talk about Fight Club. Is that like them telling the audience, like, don't spoil the movie? Like, is that oh. part of like the marketing? I never thought about that. Probably. Because the film is so reliant on this giant twist that I didn't see coming because nobody was I talking just, about Fight Club. I've heard so much about Fight Club, but I, the twist was never spoiled for me. I only ever heard the... Rule number one about Fight Club, you know, talk about Fight Club. Yeah. Everyone just kept quoting that same line. No one ever spoiled the movie, so it worked. Yeah, like, I, I, I was wondering that because it's so, like, obviously, if you know the spoiler, it's still a fantastic film. Um, but I really do think the f- reason why that first experience for me was so yeah, the powerful. The twist will get you. Yeah, was, uh, what, was the twist. All right, so we can move on to the next two Brad Pitt films. We have Moneyball, sorry, we have Moneyball versus Inglorious Bastards. What are you thinking, Andrea? God, this one's so hard. Ah, I don't know. I love both of them. This one's really hard for me. Uh, Sports movie versus Tarantino. Um, I'm probably gonna go with Inglorious Bastards. I don't know. I just think it has, oh no, it's just a little bit better than Moneyball for me. And I really enjoyed all the characters. I've met new actors in this film, and it was just a fun experience. Moneyball's the best sports movie ever, but uh, it's still a sports movie. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, uh, I really like it. Uh, I own it. I will probably watch it once every year, maybe. I love the screenplay, I love the actors. But Glorious Bastards, at the moment, is my favorite Tarantino film, and I really, really like Glorious Bastards. Uh, we haven't really talked about it, but my favorite scene is so amazing. It is when finally all the characters that we've like been watching for like hours, like we're about two hours in already, and we finally get the first scene where they're all on screen, and so it's a one shot of each character, like uh, it's like beautifully like moving throughout the room of all the characters and then it finally like pans to all of them like talking to each other finally like it was like a really cool moment that draws them all in and you're feeling it as soon as you're watching that scene you're like oh my gosh they're all in this room aren't they like they are about to finally come at odds after two hours uh i i think the film's built up so well uh so i'm gonna go with that yeah i'm gonna go think glorious bastards also i do really like moneyball but Inglorious Bastards, it's just so well done. Yeah. Inglorious Bastards is also, like, really hilarious. Uh, I had a good laugh when Brad Pitt uh, and the other two guys were saying how they're just going to pretend that they're Italian. And one of them's like, oh, I can't speak Italian. They're like, oh, well, you'll talk to Lisa. That's fine. And so then they go there, 
and the bad guy. Uh, what's the bad guy's name? Uh, the actor's first name is Christopher, right? Uh, so, so let's call him Christopher. Uh, the, 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 the bad guy, like the, the head Nazi guy. He, uh, he, for, he meets the three guys pretending to be Italian. And he first meets Brad Pitt. And Brad Pitt has the worst Italian accent. He sucks. And he's like, hey, duh, I'm Italian. Like, he, like, he's flat out sucks. It's hilarious. And he picks up on it instantly. So he's, like, asking him questions. He, he's, he's got him trapped. He's like, okay, I know you're not Italian. I'm moving on. Goes to the second guy. He, uh, he's also pretty bad. Not as bad as Brad Pitt, but he's pretty terrible. And he gets him, he gets him caught right away, too. And then we go to the third guy, who apparently sucks at Italian, so he's going to talk the least and do the least. So he asks him right away, he's like, oh, what's your name? And he like says his name in like an Italian accent. And <laughs> and uh, Christopher, like the, the like the Nazi killer, just looks at him and goes, the oh, Jew yeah, 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 like, yeah, the Jew hunter. He just instantly goes, oh, yeah, no, you're Italian. Like he instantly just buys it. He's like, oh, yeah, no, that guy's Italian. <laughs> Freaking, I died. When he, yes. like he's quizzing the first two and then he hears that guy's like, oh, yeah, no, that guy's definitely Italian. No, we're good. Like has to be Italian. You can't fake that. Also, also, this was years ahead of its time because he did the Italian hand, the third guy. The Italian. That's how you can tell he's really yeah, Italian. That's how you knew. I died when he did the Italian Absolutely. hand. Oh, uh, the movie's so much fun. And the bad guy is hilarious and intimidating at the same time. My favorite part, yeah. Yeah, yeah the bad guy's really awesome. And he won for Best Supporting Actor, and he freaking should have. He was great. Absolutely. Yeah, he was yeah. awesome. Yeah, can we take a moment and admit the Oscars had three years in a row of supporting male leads that were the best villains in film history. Back to back to back. We had Anton Chagrin and No Country for Old Men. Then we had after that Dark Knight for obviously the Joker. And then right after that, we had Inglorious Bastards with this guy. Three supporting actors for the three best villain characters ever in film. Uh, crazy. Yeah, that's true. They're all they're all the villains. Yeah. And, and, and they're all phenomenal. There might be like three of my favorite performances ever. Uh, yeah, he was great. Yeah, I'm guessing you're doing Glorious too. I, I don't know for sure. Yeah, I'm doing Glorious. I think it's the end of us here. All right. So, you know, Moneyball, once again, they lost. Sad. Yeah. All right. So we can move on to the next seed for Will Ferrell, and that is Elf and Lego Movie. Uh, I'll go first. Because I don't really got too much to say, but I'm going to go for Lego Movie. I actually prefer Lego Movie. I think yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for Lego Movie also. Oh. I love Elf, uh, and it's a Christmas classic. But Lego Movie is just going to be one of the greatest animated movies in the past decade. I think it's so good. I think Lego Movie is amazing. Well, dang. I, I was going to go Elf, so I'm not voted here. I just love Elf so much. Yeah, I'll say the four for Feral, or obviously the four that I would have picked but uh yeah i, th I think th these are his best four like i really like these movies but we can move on to the final seat for the second round and that's going to be will ferrell for anchorman or megamind well i'll go first here i'm going for megamind uh, i think that's pretty obvious after last round uh, oh yeah megamind. <laughs> yeah i knew you would yeah i love lamp but i love megamind more so i'm, I'm gonna go with that Yep, and we're going to make it unanimous again because I'm definitely picking Megamind. It's the best. Alrighty, back now to the finals for each division. We're heading oh. to Adam Driver. Now the final for each one here. So for this round, we have Marriage Story versus Black Klansman. The, the only two Adam Driver movies that he's nominated for an Oscar. 
So, and, um, uh, I'm going for Marriage Story here. I think that was Black Landsman's amazing. It's a great movie, but Marriage Story is is something else. Marriage Story is really, really, really awesome. I'm going for Marriage Story as well. I believe it's the only one of all 32 movies that made me cry. Like, I just think it's a really emotional film. I don't know how rewatchable it is because it's so draining, like 12 Years a Slave. Uh, but it's, it's, it's one that you need to watch. It's a real gut. It's a real emotional journey. I really like it. So I'm going to go with that as well. I imagine you are as well, Andrew. I appreciate you like that more than Klansman. Yeah, no. Definitely going with Marriage Story. All right. Not much more to say. Sorry. Uh, so this round, uh, looky here. We got seven psychopaths against G-Force. <laughs> I'm going for G-Force. <laughs> and I think you guys really need to take, you guys got to think about this. Don't just immediately vote for seven psychopaths. Okay. Here's the thing about G-Force. All right. You got to think about this. Who would win in a fight? The team of hamsters versus seven psychopaths. There's no question. All right. G-Force will win that fight every time. I think it's only fair that they move on. This is a, they trained an entire team of hamsters to fight crime. All right, and you're gonna you're gonna give that up for some some weirdo steal a dog? Come on, this, this should be a no brainer. All right, and then the plot twist at the end—that's one of the greatest plot twists in cinema history. People just don't see that kind of thing coming. The mole was the mole. That was that was next level thinking for a family. Oh, G-Force is easily the strongest move. I didn't realize that the, the argument is who could beat each other in a fight. Because I'm pretty sure Adam Driver and Black Klansman could beat Maristory Adam Driver in a second. Yeah, that'd be no question. But, but <laughs> yeah. the division yeah. have different categories. Uh, okay. Right? Well, then again, uh, the no. uh, Maristory Adam Driver punched a wall. So I guess he's got that going for him. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I gotta ask, did you intentionally set up 100%. Rockwell for G? 100%. <laughs> I, put, I went on your guys' letterbox that went right off. I'm like, all right, I can do this. <laughs> I rearranged Wait, you really did that? It, it makes sense. The top half is so strong. <laughs> all the wow. best movies were in the top half. And it was G Force against crap in the bottom. Yeah. I don't... really wanted G Force to go as far as possible. And, and it worked, yeah, because of the eight Rockwell films, G Force was my fifth favorite. What four were better than it? The four above it. I, it was a really tough call. Should I put Vice or Richard Jewell into the top or bottom half? That I'm like, you know what? I would have put Richard Jewell up top and Vice down bottom, and that seemed to pay off. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely worked. Yeah, I, I would have picked Richard Jewell over G Four, so good call. Yeah, not a chance. Come on, it's G Force now. It's, <laughs> wow, it's hamsters wow. saving the world. I love it. I love the G Force represented. Um, but uh, if it was against three awards, I might have done it. Uh, but I genuinely think Seven Psychopaths is amazing. I just probably shouldn't have put Seven Psychopaths on the list. I didn't know it'd be such a strong connection. Uh, neither did I. I, I, I never. I never seen it until then. Yeah, never even heard of it. Whoa. So I'm voting for Seven Psychopaths. Uh, so it's up to Andrew. She's gonna bring home the hamsters. <laughs> Andrew, think Whoa. about the hamsters. All right. <laughs> All right. You don't. You don't want to trust a psychopath. All right. The, the, the hamsters, on the other hand. All right. They're so cute and cuddle. It fares, Andrew. Uh, it's better than a Marvel movie, right? It was way better than any Marvel movie. That's 100% true. 
God, those hamsters were really cute. Uh, but I'm gonna go with seven psychopaths. Damn it! <laughs> I wouldn't expect G Force to win it. I thought three billboards, but I, uh, I knew I knew G Force was gone too. Yeah, no, honestly, if three billboards didn't move on, I, I might have just done it just for the joke. Oh, I might have too. Yeah. But, yeah. but I generally like psychopaths, yeah. so I, I couldn't do it. Damn it! Should I should have freaking anything else on there except seven psychopaths? <laughs> anything else? Anything else? <laughs> I didn't know it was going to come in dick swinging like that. That's crazy. <laughs> Give it to G-Force, though. It's definitely the lowest rated film on, like, any uh, service that made it yeah. to the final eight. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's done pretty well here. Yeah. No, yeah, it, it, it had a good show. And to be fair, uh, it, it's, it's pretty worthy. I, I think G-Force is pretty underrated. I think, I think, it's, I think it's overlooked. I think yeah. everyone forgets about it. Like, if you weren't, like, around... Like, as a kid in, like, the 2009 time period, you probably just never even heard of it. And certainly yeah. don't remember, even if you were around back then. Yeah, and honestly, okay. yeah. Like, it, it's not even a bad watch. It's not super long. It's, it's you know, had a huge budget, so it looks really nice. Uh, yeah, there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. I thought it was a fun film. I had a good time no, with no, it. No, I had a good time with it, too. And I'm happy it made it this far. That's all I wanted. It did good. I didn't, when I picked Sam Rockwell, I didn't even know he was... Force. That wasn't my thing at all. But I was looking through the list of like, oh my god, he's a G Force. I have to put that on, even though I'd watched G Force like the week before I made this list, like two weeks, before, whatever. Oh like, really? That's funny. Yeah, that's just coincidence. Like the, the the kids never watched it, so we watched it as a fam. And they uh, they they I, I think I liked it the most, but they seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, it <laughs> sounds like you liked it the most. I don't know if uh, our little brother would have been fighting this hard for G Force to make it to the top four. I, I think I, if he was here, it would be it would have a tie right now. <laughs> it would have yeah. what? It would have been a tie right now. Oh. Yeah. All right, so we got the Brad Pitt section. Let's. Which Brad Pitt film is the best? We have uh, Fincher versus Tarantino. We have Fight Club versus Inglorious Bastards. Oh, God. Which is funny because we are. They're both very uh, similar movies here, honestly. They, they, they have like. They're different movies, but they, the stylistically, they feel sort of similar. Um. There's, like, action comedies. Well, I would disagree. I would say Fight Club is more of a thriller. I don't think it's very funny. Yeah. Yeah, I would say Glorious Bass is definitely more of a comedy. Uh, and, and I had to get one Fincher and one Tarantino, so Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Seven, both good films, but I prefer these two over those two, so I had to go with uh, the, the ones that I thought were better. Glorious Bass, I think, is funnier. Uh, but I, I'm going to vote for Fight Club. As I've already said, I've seen it four times in the last, like, six or seven months. Uh, I, I I love this film. I, I think it's really great. I think uh, the, the, the twist is warranted. I think a lot of the, all the characters are so interesting and unique. And on rewatches, you can pick up little quirks about all of them. Uh, even, uh, what, what's her name? Uh, Helena. Uh, Helena Boneham or whatever her last name is. She's great. Uh, a beautiful film. I really like it. So I'm going to go with that. But honestly... I'd be stoked for either. I really like both these movies. Um, yeah, I, I, I was honestly leaning towards. I, you, Andrew, I honestly have no idea. Oh gosh, uh, you have no idea. Okay, um, I've kind of thought about it before you said it, and I'm gonna go with the Brad Pitt character that I like best, which is uh. I think his name's Tyler Durbin. Yep. Is that it? Tyler Durbin. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go with Fight Club just because, I don't know, I thought his character was 
kind of a badass in that film. I guess he was a badass in both films, but I just preferred him in Fight Club. I think he's a badass in all these films, except for Tree of Life. <laughs> <laughs> he was just an asshole in that one. Well, he was an a-hole. Yeah, I don't know why all the He was just an asshole dad. He's a terrible father. Yeah. Yeah, so Fight Club moves on. Uh, and actually, I'm glad you said Tyler Durden, because we, we're in a bit of a argument here, Tristan. Maybe we can help break it up here. Is Tyler Durden, like, like Brad Pitt, is that not the sexiest Brad Pitt? Oh, God. Is Tyler Durden the sexiest Brad Pitt? I honestly, what about, what about a Jesse Brad Pitt? I think that's the one that we were arguing about. I think Andrew said that the Jesse James Brad Pitt is the sexiest, and I said, no, Tyler Durden exists. That's the sexiest. I kind of like him 12 Years a Slave with the long hair, too. Oh, oh my god yeah that was a good one too actually i yeah he's good looking at all of them but i really well, like him i think the sexiest brad pitt is the one from megamind that's true yeah yeah, oh, he, yeah. he's great looking at that absolutely yeah and uh to go off of fight club with tyler Durden, like they really leaned into brad pitt is really like the sex icon of like every man's desire like like every like yeah. the desire of man and that's literally what his character is supposed to represent like i really thought the casting for him was perfect and he plays it so well uh, yeah, it's my favorite Brad Pitt performance, so I'm glad that's the one that moves on. Actually, I think the sexiest Brad Pitt is the one from Burn After Reading. <laughs> I, <laughs> I do love that Brad Pitt, I'm not going to lie. I love that movie. Uh, he always walks out with a giant Slurpee, uh, so great. <laughs> or like always a big gulp us. Yeah, he's great. All right, and then Will Ferrell. Who would have thought Will Ferrell was going to be the battle of the animation? I'm so happy it is. Yeah, we got it. Because this animated stuff's really good. These are both fantastic movies. Yay. Yeah, no, I, I love them both. Uh, and I honestly, I didn't even realize it, but looking at it, they are my two favorite. I didn't realize that going in, mm -hmm. um, but it kind of just occurred to me. Yeah, uh, these are my two favorite. Lego Movie versus Megamind. I'm going with Lego Movie. I think it's I think Megamind is really funny and a really great movie I, as far as animation and the new style of animation, the whole ensemble cast, all the characters coming in and out. The comedy throat is hilarious. The twist at the end is fantastic. I think overall it's a stronger movie. Uh, Mega Man is great, but Lego Movie does so much more than Mega Man does and attempts so much more and it succeeds at everything it attempts to do. It would have been so easy for it to have been a cheap cash grab and for flop in every way, but it didn't. Every risk it took landed and it paid off and it was funny and hilarious and heartfelt and a great story. Everything about Lego Movie was so well done. Mega Man was funny and had some great characters, but it didn't push the envelope. It didn't try anything new. It didn't take any chances or any risks. It played it pretty safe. The Lego Movie really went out there, and it stuck the landing every time. I think Lego Movie is a superior film, and I, I, I'm, I'm rooting Lego Movie here. All right. Um, <clears throat> I guess I'll go now because I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I know you would be. Yeah, yeah, I'm Mega going for Megamind. This is my favorite DreamWorks film ever. That's not saying much. It's fucking DreamWorks. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> Fair point, I thought this fair was point. better than Boss Baby. Wow. Wow, yeah. Well, what a high bar. But, like, you know, there's still Shrek and Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, there's a couple of yeah. movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they got good so. movies. But I really like Megamind. Uh, and what I like about Megamind is, I agree. When you first look at it, it doesn't really push much of the boundaries. And I do agree, Lego Movie did the unexpected by taking a product that nobody thought would have worked well. Like, look at Emoji Movie. Like, you could take a product that we all know and it should on paper be horrible and it ends up being really good uh, and mega mind i thought was set up to just be mediocre and in my opinion it blew all expectations out of the water i thought the really the concept of what defines a hero and like it's really about nature versus nurture like how you're grown up 
versus who you really are inside and how Megamind, he, he grew up as a villain. He was told he's a bad guy. He grew up in prison. Everybody said he's evil and he's blue and ah, he's scary. So in his mind, he had to be the bad guy and he thought those were the roles he was defined in. But I thought the film was so great, especially once we get to Jonah Hill. And Jonah Hill keeps poking <laughs> into these movies. Jonah Hill, first of all, is a fantastic villain. I think it's so great to have a nice guy shown in that aspect because it's so funny. And the way he acts is so, like, he feels like he's owed everything. And Megamind never felt like he was owed anything. He felt like he had to earn everything himself. So those two were so much fun to contrast in how Megamind grew up as the villain and deep down, he's a good person, while Jonah Hill's character, he literally is, like, quote-unquote, the nice guy. Like, he's, like, the victim guy that never really gets the opportunity to be shown that he's a good guy, but he really is. But deep down, he's just a fucking asshole. And I think that's so great how they're the polar opposites. Like, Metro Man is a great, like, stereotypical superhero, played by Brad Pitt. Uh, and I do love him as well. But I think the contrast comes down between Jonah Hill and... uh Will Ferrell's character, and I, Megamind as a character is just super fun, and it's hilarious. Uh, the, the movie's fucking hilarious. Okay, so, wow. I don't know why you guys keep putting me in these positions. <laughs> well, you could have jumped in um, first. Uh, you didn't I just talk guess, last. I guess I should have, but you guys just are so much better at talking. But, um. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, this is a, where I wish we, I would have rewatched Lego Movie again, because I do remember liking it, but, like, we just... Well, I'm going to lose who doesn't watch it in three years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean... That's bollocks. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with Megamind. I only own four animated movies, and two of them are Megamind and Lego Movie, so look at that. You own it? You guys haven't watched it? Come on. I watched it. Recently? Uh, no, but like I saw it a year ago. I, I know it. Oh. Yeah, the movie's still fresh on my mind. I pretty much remember the whole movie. I, I think I rewatched it right before I watched Lego Movie 2, so I think it's been a bit, but yeah. Enough to remember. I, I love Lego Movie. It's probably in my top five of the 2010 animations. Like, I think it's a beautifully animated movie. It's the more superior film. Lego Mind's great. Lego Movie's better than that. Yeah, and, and to be fair, I, I do agree with you that I think Lego Movie does push the envelope of animation more. Like, I think how it looks and how they were able to tell a story that interesting, like, about consumerism and stuff. Like, it's really fun. Like, I really do love the film. Uh, and, and to be fair, I guess we could also just uh, say Mega Mind is a Will Ferrell movie. Lego Movie's not. Uh, he's in it for a little, like, he's in it, but he's not. He's being antagonist. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, like, it's, it's not, like, a reason to not vote for them. I'm not saying that's why me and Andrew vote against it. Uh, we, we really do love Megamon. We've seen it three times in the last eight months. I, I, I get, in the last year, we've seen it two or three times. Uh, I do really like it. But Lego Movie's great, too. I think both these are solid. But uh, we can move on to the final round. We have one film from all the actors. We have Megamind from Will Ferrell. Fight Club from Brad Pitt, Seven Psychopaths from Sam Rockwell, and Marriage Story from Adam Driver. Imagine how much better this would be if we had G Force and Lego Movie instead. <laughs> that would be wild. <laughs> that dream. I will agree with the last part. That would have been wild. <laughs> that would have been awesome. 
You guys make this look so boring. I'm here trying to make a fun. <laughs> is Lego Movie like is Mega Mind that boring? No, Mega Mind's a good one. Yeah. Uh, wait, Seven Psychopaths not good? Ah, that was good. She forced me. All right. So how are we gonna do this? Are we gonna like all at once say what the number one is? Or are we gonna maybe? Or we can kind one? of just like right now. Is it one that we can for sure fourth place? Is one of these like a, like a fourth place contender? That's what I was saying. Like, like which one do we think collectively should probably should be fourth place? So we have Megamind, Seven Psychopaths, Fight Club, and Marriage Story. Like, like, I have the list in my head, so, like, I have a fourth place in my mind. But honestly, I really like all four of these. Like, all four of these, I think they're my favorite of each one. Like, I think I got what I wanted. Yeah, I, I'm, you most definitely did. I realized that, like, half, I think, like, Quentin's going to get his four better the four winners. I can see it right now. Well, well I think Andrew did, too. I think that's why it's the majority, right? That's yeah, I knew it was going to be over. I said I'd be on the podcast. That's not true, though, because if, uh, if I true. got she mine, Elf would have got in for Wolf. That's Hill, true. So. Andrew got uploaded in that one. That's right. Yeah. I feel like I should have rewatched Seven Psychopaths and Fight Club at this point, because I haven't seen either one of them for a while. Uh, or Marriage Story, yeah. I guess, really. The only one I rewatched <laughs> here was Mega Mind. Yeah, you probably should have watched Fight Club, because I feel like we knew that was going to make it. To be fair, I didn't think Seven Psychopaths was. I thought Andrew was for sure voting for three billboards. So yeah, uh, I, no one came out of nowhere. Yeah, it Although really I, did. I'm feeling inclined to put Marriage Story fourth. Your uh, oh, Marriage Story fourth. It's, it's the toughest one to rewatch. It's probably the least interesting film of the four. Also, you know, it, it's just inherently like it's about a divorce, and that's really all you can say about it. Like it's it's probably just the least interesting film of the four. Probably is the least to say of the four. Uh, I, I feel inclined to put Marriage Story last. I don't know what you guys. Are so I'm not against it. Uh, I'll just throw out what I have as my least favorite in that of the four, which would be Megamind. I know I just I hooked it up. I freaking voted out Lego Movie for it. You bastard. Well, well, it's still, what? It's better than Lego Movie, but it's not better than these three. So uh, that's what I lean towards. Uh, but I I'm open to Mary's story. Which one, which one is your least favorite of the four, Andrea? I think I'm going to go opposite you guys, and I'm going to go Seven Psychopaths. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to Seven Psychopaths second, like third place. So I'm going to go Seven Psychopaths fourth. No, uh, well, okay, you know what? I'm just happy it's in the top four. I I, I can live with that, I guess. Yeah, see, I was thinking Meritory fourth, Seven Psychopaths third. So I can go Seven Psychopaths fourth, seems fine to me. Okay, so Seven Psychopaths will be in fourth place here. Ah, that, that, uh, that, that was my second favorite of the four. But I'm, Aww, I'm, I'm okay crying. with it. To yeah. be fair, I'm, I'm so happy you made it to the top four. Honestly, that's why I'm okay with letting it go. I'm, I'm just happy. I'm like the kid that's, I'm just happy it's there. I'm just happy it showed up to the party. All right, so in third place, what are we leaning towards? I'm still leaning towards Megamind. And I'm, of course, still Marriage Story. So once again, it's going to be. All right, what are you thinking, Andrew? Between those two, what do you think? I was going to say Megamind. Okay. Megamind, okay. All right, so we'll put Megamind yeah. in third place here. And so between Fight Club and Marriage Story, do we want to just all say which one we prefer? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. All right, do we all want to go at once? Go for it, Count us and Quentin. All the right. one we want, the one we want. Yeah, yeah the okay. one you want to be the winner. Okay. All right, so three, two, one. Fight, Fight Club. Club. Okay. Yeah, I see that one. All right, there you go. Uh, Fight Club is number one, which means Marriage Story is at number two. I'm sure Tristan's shaking in his boots. No, I love I, I love am. Marriage Story. Right, I, I absolutely do. It's no G-Force or Lego movie, but I love Marriage Story. <laughs> um, I, I, I have no... Honestly, the thing is, I haven't seen Seven Psychopaths. In, that's why I was totally fine with putting the fourth Seven Psychopaths. Yeah. Um, and Marriage Story and Mega Mind, like, you know, they can go either way. 
I just think Megumai, Megumai's more so which is more rewatchable, and that's kind of what I was basing on. But what I'd rather watch right now. That's fair. I'm like, I'm, I'll put Megumind on right now first. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, before I put Marriage Story on right now. Yeah, to be fair, Remember we're going what? straight off rewatchability. Uh, I would rewatch Megumind the most of the top four. Like, I, it's just, that's kind of how I pick like, what movies are my favorite movies. If it's not a movie I'm going to rewatch, then it sure it could be good, but it's probably just not my favorite. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, that's fair. Yeah, no, it's definitely the more rewatchable. And yeah, Marriage Story is hard to get into it, but I feel like every time I do end up watching it, like, ah, uh, you, you just get, you just go for the ride. It's really good. The, yeah. the, the performances in it in particular, that really is, is carried up by its phenomenal performance. Yeah, no, I, I definitely can agree with that. And then Fight Club is Seven Psychopaths. Like, I just think they're fucking amazingly well made. Uh, they were my top they're two. They're very similar for sure. I just like Fight Club. More than some second yeah. pass. The seven second is my second favorite of all thirty-two, so I am just stoked that I made it to the top four because I was I was ready to let it drop at against three billboards. I'm I'm just happy it's there. Uh, hopefully yeah. that kind of shines a light to those that haven't seen it because I imagine most listeners haven't seen it. I was really happy to get G Force as far as possible. Yeah, and uh, they should watch that too. Uh, re- really, they should watch all the films that made the top eight. I think those are a solid eight. Yeah, the top eight. Yeah, that's a solid eight. Yep, Lego movies there. Glorious Bastards. It's a good group. Glorious Bastards, a good one. Moneyball's another one they should watch. Moneyball's a good for I was I rewatched that little podcast. I'm like, damn, I love that movie way more than I remember. Yeah. Yeah, I remember liking the first time, but yeah, on the rewatch is when I went, oh man. Yeah. That is a good freaking movie. That's a great movie. That's one I'd watch again for sure. I like that one a lot. Yeah. It's funny, uh <laughs> to check the time here. It took us an hour and 45 minutes to do the first round, and it took yeah. us less than an hour to do the rest. That's always the way it is. The yeah. first round, you introduce all the movies, and then you got to pick all the movies. And there's way more matches in the, in the first round than any others. And I went with the first round, I guess it's probably the toughest ones to pick from a lot of the time. Yeah. After you go to the first round, a lot of times the front runner's pretty clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah you kind of... Like, Mayor's Story and Fight Club are going to win. We saw those ones coming from a while. Yeah, yeah, for, um, the, for their groups, I agree. Even Megamind, I knew it was going to win, because I knew it was going to get a And then Seven Second Class was surprised by it, only because I thought... Well, well, honestly, I thought Elf was going to make it out of Will Ferrell, because I thought you were... Super, I, like, I know the family loves Elf, so I thought you were going to vote for it, and I know Andrea loves it. Yeah, yeah. So when you voted for Lego Movie, I was like, oh, my boy Megamind has a chance. Yeah, I guess I was the reason Megamind ended up winning it. Yeah. Yeah. Inadvertently. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Always my interest vote for her list because she put her favorite to release favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrea for I yeah, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll fairly. I wasn't supposed to do it that way. <laughs> well, we just we just knew what you're going to vote for every time. Yeah. Yeah. It just made it more obvious where you're going to vote the whole time, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, something you should have done it my way, where you pick a random joke and do everything you can to get. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say it at first, but uh, the whole time I knew. I knew. It was so obvious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, because if you look at the top four were the best four. Like, they were amazing. Galaxy Quest was taken out round one. I was so sad. Yeah, that's devastating. Yeah, and, and you looked at our scores to know which ones we liked? Yeah, you could get the letter into the letterbox. I can totally see where you're voting the whole it's time. It's so funny, yeah. So, uh, there we go. Uh, Fight Club, according to us, is the best of these 32 films, and I guess inadvertently Brad Pitt is the best of the four actors. You know, it, it all... All, you know, arbitrary. They're all great. They're all great actors. Honestly, they are. And uh, re- watching all these movies made me realize how great they all are. Like, uh, Adam Driver makes me excited to watch these ones that are coming up this year. 
And then the other are just well-known actors that I've really enjoyed to love. So a great group there. And that's everything on our end. Have a great day, guys. Bye.